Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, men on. Van Nunley and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Wednesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. The boys are here. The boys are here. Van's not here. Oh, okay, Van's not here. I am Fred Slow. I'll be alongside you, friend of the show, up until 7 o'clock this evening. At 7 o'clock this evening, I will hand this microphone that's directly in front of my face over to my friend Mike Trujillo of True to the Game. And you can hang out with he and Mike Vitale up until 10 p.m. this evening as they will be talking, um, I'm sure, Kansas City Chiefs. Green Bay Packers. There Don't you go. forget. There you go. How very fortunate I am. What I must have done right in a previous life. To be able to sit across the desk, as I currently am, from not just what I identify to others as a friend of mine, although he does not identify me that way. Oh, boy. (laughs) What I would call the bagpipes of the Lobos. What I would call bagpipes. The face of the Albuquerque Ice Toast, but only because all the players have to move on every single season and you don't know what the roster looks like and there's no reason to grow allegiance to anyone at third base. Dylan Storm, welcome to the program. Dylan, how are you? I am doing fantastic. I appreciate my Scottish introduction as well. Sorry I had you down to start, but now you are there with me, just like everyone else. Okay. <laughs> now people can hear me. Okay. Yeah, now they know you're now, here. Now they know I'm here. Uh, you are here because uh, well, you got all the free time in the world because the Lobos just keep canceling games on you. That's right. <laughs> There's Fred I don't know if you know this. There's a global pandemic happening. Oh, in your neighborhood, too? In my neighborhood, too. It's crazy, man. And, you know, uh, large public gatherings are somewhat taboo. Yeah, risque, some would say. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's okay. Putting health first. It's good. Making sure your microphone is up and functioning. Michael Vital. Michael, how are you on the other side of the glass? Good. Glad to be with you guys. And uh, it's great that we got a guy with pipes in the studio that, finally bagpipes. some talent bagpipes apparently some talent <laughs> your holiday was good you had a good holiday the holiday was fantastic yeah was fantastic because you have a lot of friends and family so you feel love i, I feel a little bit of love tell the, me what that's like the christmas in the storm household okay goes on forever it's like we're constantly just we're, we're opening presents for literally hours it's ridiculous like all types of presents or just like like game breakers? <laughs> it's it's like we have to show appreciation for the wrapping, for the wrapping paper. Oh, I love this. Slowly yeah. unpacking everything. And then we have we go one at a time, obviously. And then you have to, to do the whole oodle and eyeing of everybody else's gift. I love that. The right. one at a time. You're, oh, yeah. you're sipping a hot cocoa. Sipping the, something. Yeah. The first gift everyone opens is matching pajamas and slippers. Oh, my God, yeah. 100%. If you guys had an Instagram channel, it would be like like All-American Home, like that kind of thing. <laughs> That's pretty much it, man. God, you know, I'm missing a white picket fence, but other than that, you know. Well, those aren't even prominent here in the Southwest. Are they? I don't think I've seen one in my entire four years in Albuquerque. 
No. No, there's no vinyl siding. There's no 2.5 kids and a dog here. Adobe style homes, man. Did it, it took me a while. It took me a while. Adjust? Yeah. <laughs> so for the longest, I was like, this is weird. This is a weird looking thing. Yeah. But your family is here in state, so you're able to go and visit them and hang out with them. They're here in state, man. They're down in Las Cruces. Oh, okay. So that I have some I have some Aggies in the family, but um, you know, professionally, of course, I yeah. maintain just pure Lobo. Oh, you're this so you're from Las Cruces, Dylan? I'm from California, oh. Southern California, but uh, my father started teaching at New Mexico State. Yeah, so he moved out there. Family started moving out there. I came out to Albuquerque. Yeah, we're all we're all moving out to the Southwest now. You know, the beach towns are no longer. Well, I'm glad you're here in town, and I'm glad you're here on the show. If you want to connect with me or Dylan, Dylan, you're hanging out till 5, is that correct? That 5 sounds, o'clock? Yeah, it sounds good for me. Good, because we got a good program today. Joining us after Dylan leaves, Jeff Grammer will be with us. We're going to talk about Lobos football and Lobos basketball, as he has a passion for that that cannot be matched. So we will stay a little bit away from it with Dylan in the first hour, because I hate to oversaturate. And then, obviously, Nate Davis joining us at 6 p.m., the quarterback for the Duke City Gladiators. Uh, we're going to talk NFL football. We're going to talk uh, bowl season. We're going to talk all those things that involve those things. And I think that'll be a lot of fun today. 505-246-0610. Contact us on the Quans Auto Care Hotline or text your boys. Text us at 505-246-0610. I had a weird afternoon, Dylan. I, like, normally, I like to jump into sports right here, but I need to take a second. Take a second. Three bros glass. Let me tell you what happened today. Oh, boy. Okay. So... <laughs> Is this like auto glass? Yes. Is this, okay. Yes. So yeah. repair, restore, and here's the thing, mobile, okay? So this afternoon, Chris from Three Bros Glass, so he, so I text him, and I'm like, hey, Chris, um, you know, heard about you through a friend. You know how word of mouth is here in town. The friend was Van. Don't be surprised. <laughs> so I was, like, I was like, hey, I got a chip in the glass. Like, the truck has got a chip in the glass. Right. Like, you're, it's right in my eye line. It's like, you wear glasses. You know what this is like. I know what it's like, man. So I was like, hey, I got a super hectic schedule. I got to go to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm calling the Highland stuff. I got to be at work. My life's too much. I, I cannot possibly ever find the time to go down anywhere to get this done. He said, don't even sweat it, bro. I'll Perfect. come to you. Yeah. Came right here to the Cumulus Building in the same garage that you parked in where I will validate your parking before you leave. You guys have a garage? <laughs> I park on the street. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks for the pro tip okay. before, before yeah. I get over here. Garage moving forward. <laughs> Yeah, I came right in. Uh, took no, I took photos because I was kind of blown away by like how professional this experience was. Oh, but wow. yeah, like hooked like a, I don't know, like a like a spaceship or a set, something on the front of my car. Uh, pulled the uh, glass out, replaced it, did all this stuff. Can't even tell. Can't before, even tell. after, now you're ready to rock and roll. I'm telling you, I can go anywhere and I can do it without a little chip on my eye line. So five zero five six eight one thirty eight seventy two. That is not a paid endorsement. That's just a guy who helped me out. So we'll see if I have any chips in my windshield after I'm parking on the street out That's there. That's what I'm saying. You know, hey, you know, text the program five zero five two four six zero six ten. If you got chips in your glass. I'll send you. I'll send you a screenshot of this. Well, I got a business card. I'll take a picture of it. But I will make sure you know who to go to because uh, I literally have to lift zero fingers, and that's my favorite kind of work. <laughs> Lazy cat. Uh, that's do- why you talk for a living. Oh my gosh! You ever had to work hard? No. No. God no. You see these? I hands? have the softest hands. Come on, man. These are porcelain. <laughs> <laughs> my like when people shake my hand, they're like, "Do you lotion regularly?" I'm like, "No, I just." 37 years of zero hard work. I mean, I lotion regularly, but it's only because I live in, you know, the desert. It is the desert here. These things are cracking. Uh, but it's so special and wonderful. The temperature is perfect. It is pretty nice. The humidity is great. Yeah. 
Yesterday was a sad day in the world of sports. John Madden passed away. Very sad. Uh, it, what do you? What term? I say John Madden passed away. What title do you put to John Madden? Like, how? What do you associate John Madden with? Like, as a head coach or a broadcaster, what's the first thing that pops? Yeah, to like, what is that? What's that identifier for you? Um, legacy. You know, just football god. Yeah, that's right? what it is. Um, and then of course you can't like ignore the past 20 years and him being on the cover of the most popular video game. Yeah, like namesake. Right. <laughs> just it, just an incredible yeah, in it, I don't know, NFL contributor. I don't even know what word to use. Like like you're a champion, so NFL champion. Right. Player. Uh, yeah. Broadcaster, Raiders rock star. That's a fact. You know, winningest coach of like all time. Well, and, and with a organization that's so historically like checkered past and some weird stuff, and we're the Raiders, relatively like clean, right? John, Mad- there's no weird stuff about John Madden. Who were the Raiders before John Madden? Oh, you know, did that just completely change their course? God, you're asking a good question. Um, yeah, didn't it? So. I don't know. That's like way before my time. Michael, no <laughs> championships for the Raiders before 77, right? Um, AF, AFL championships maybe. Does not 60s. count. Don't it, nope, doesn't count. You want to go just Super Bowl era? Yeah, they didn't have one before 7. No, 74 was the uh, Raiders against the uh, the Raiders knocked off the uh, Vikings in 74. No, but that's not NFL though. Cause yeah, it is. 77 would have been the was, first one versus the Vikings. Yeah, I think it was 77. And then was 81. Okay, yeah, I got so 77 versus the Vikings, 81, and then 84, question mark. And all of them were blowouts. Like, none of these were good games. Right. And it was, yeah, I think you're right. I guess I didn't make that association either. Because when you think Raiders, like, that is the jump start to what the Raiders were. And what the Raiders are now is not what they were. Like, the Raiders now... Since 37 years? That's crazy. <laughs> I, always, I have a sweet spot in my heart for the Raiders. Same. Now, this, go, this goes back to my, my California days. I was not a Charger guy, not a Niners guy. Raiders were on TV. Grew up watching them when they were in Oakland. 100%. And then when they went down to L.A., you were like, that's my team now. Right. Because <laughs> you were young. Because you're, you're at or near my age. Right. True. And you didn't understand the dynamics behind it and how it was all just posturing. And they were going to eventually end up back in Oakland. And then Alameda County was like, oh, you got to go. We can't handle this. You guys want too much money. Right. And the fact that John Madden was such a great coach in terms of how he dealt with people and how he handled all those personalities of Matuzak and Hendricks and Otis Sistrunk and all those, all those different. And I think that's what made the uh, Raiders so unique was all the characters they had. Madden did a great job of handling those personalities. And was... Al Michaels doing the play-by-play on Sunday Night Football when when Madden was was color commentating back, with, back was that so I think was that the team was it Michaels and so it was Madden and Summerall for Fox okay. and Ma- was it Madden and Summerall for CBS as well yes yeah and then yeah. and then when he went to Monday Al Michaels was on Monday Night right so I don't right. I don't have that answer yeah yeah but I mean. The names that he's been associated with, they're all the biggest and best names. And then, like, we were talking about Pat Summerall yesterday. We were on air when the news broke. Like, Pat Summerall, no offense to, like, his broadcast game, it's strong. But, like, you're not the number one guy anymore after Madden's gone. Like, after John was like, when did John retire? 2009? John Madden retired in 2009? 
Then it was Pat Summerall was the B team or the C team. Hey, which is, I mean, you're still an NFL broadcaster. I mean, it's not like. What, what team are you on? That's me? what I want to know, Fred. I'm afternoon driver. <laughs> I'm, on team, I'm on team Storm. That's my thing. There we go. Yeah. I appreciate that. I like when it. you were coming up, Mike, with the Raiders, was it Ken Stabler or was it John Madden? Like, how did you? It was Kenny Stabler. That's how you, that's how you recognized the Raiders? You well, didn't... because he had, a, he had a big game against the Dolphins where he threw. He was just about to, to get tackled, and he was going down. Before he fell on the ground, he throws a lob pass in the back of the end zone against Miami to win the game late fourth quarter, and I always thought that was cool. Kept my eye on the Raiders through the years, and uh, again, just men could just handle personalities, and he had a personality himself, and it kind of endeared you to the the Raiders. Well, and made leaders because you know on that '77 team, you guys, Art Shell was on that team who went on to coach and was a big NFL contributor. Gene Upshaw was on that team. Yeah. Obviously, ran the NFLPA for a long time. Like you, whenever you associate yourself with the types of individuals that become leaders, it's because there were people in your life that allowed you to grow that way. Right. Oh, John Madden, kind of a special one. Okay. He also, I feel like, established a culture of coaching the Raiders, right? You know, does John Gruden coach the Raiders if there's not John Madden before him? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Because they went to Flores right after Madden, right. Which, right? which was revolutionary at the time. And then, yeah, I mean, there's a certain personality, an ego, a size, yeah, and John Madden's the definition. He's the standard by which all others are judged. 100%. Plus, when he was a coach, the owner at the time was kind of like the Steinbrenner of the NFL. Good and, point. And he was a control freak, and that was Al Davis. How do you handle that and then got to win on top of it? Shoot, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I mean, big personality, strong. like Warren Power. I mean, I think I could do it. But lots of people have thought they can do it. Coach an NFL team? Well, I mean, yes, but also like coach the Raiders. Like... Are you, did you just tell me that you can coach an NFL team? Oh, my God. I played Madden for years. <laughs> <laughs> what do I got to do? I, I'm just taking notes over here. Do I have to schedule buses? Like, yeah. is it all that, too? Right, right, yeah. right. So you could be the offensive coordinator, maybe, on a good day. From the texter. X- XOXO. <laughs> From the texter, uh, Cowboys beat Denver in the 77 Super Bowl. I'm talking season, not year. But, yes, yeah, I agree. Let's grab a break. When we get back, uh, talk a little bit about what's going on over at the pit. Talk a little bit what's going on with men and women's basketball. Talk a little bit about what's going on with uh, outlandish Christmas gifts, Michael, because Zach Wilson made the news earlier this week. All these quarterbacks give their linemen fortunes for Christmas. Okay. I'll jump into that. Dave Dave Busters presents Two Men On Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back live on the program, Dylan Storm joining us because... Man's not here! (laughs) Taking the holiday on assignment in Flagstaff, Arizona. Hanging out with caller Lenny's. Hanging out with friend of the show, Lenny. I saw them set up the date via the Instagram messenger. There you go. You're going to get coffee or beer or something. So it's like almost two men on right now. Well, there's two of us. There's two of us. And we're two men on lavish Christmas gifts. Yeah. But for the next couple of minutes, we're two men on Tommy the Truth. Welcome to the show. How are you? <laughs> hey, guys. What's up, Tommy? The Truth back at you. And Van Hammer is gone. Gone. I noticed. 
gone. But the man with the golden voice is now oh. taking his place. Golden Swallow, really. <laughs> We're only supposed now, to use that well, name well, behind I won't doors. say anything to that. <laughs> I'll just call him the golden voice. Um, anyway, I want to get, get a couple of bullet points here. I want to talk a little bit about Madden. Yeah. What I loved about him, he, I consider him the greatest NFL commentator I've ever heard do. He changed everything. The way he was animated with the way he described the game and what was going on. Greatest winning percentage of all time. No one's been able to beat that yet as far as the Raiders are concerned. Changed that team. When Madden was created, we were starving for 11-man football. We had Tecmo Super Bowl, which I played plenty of nights and plenty of tournaments of. And when he came into the fold, he said, until you have the technology to do 11-man, they asked him for a 7-man game or 6 or 8. He said, no, when you have the technology to create 11-man football, I will be on board. And so he stood his ground and he got his way. And I'm glad he did because in the late 90s, we were all so happy, me and my friends, we finally got 11-man football, even though you could run the same play over and over again. We got 11-man football, so I'm grateful for that. Um. Again, he's going to be really missed, but he lived a, a completely full life. And uh, like I said, he's, he was unique. He was an icon, definitely, into the area of football broadcasting. And the only one, he actually broadcasted when there were four networks, every, all four networks the Super Bowl, which I don't think will be done again. Why is your, um, Tommy, why is your favorite John Madden memory whenever he was the play-by-play guy in the replacements? <laughs> just, hey, I just love his voice, man. It doesn't matter what he does, man. It doesn't matter what he does. He's, he's just got that voice, and he just has the knowledge and the boom and all the little noises he would make, and the antidotes was amazing. Love it. And then the other bullet point, and I loved him to death, and the other bullet point I want to make, uh, Mr. Aaron Rodgers coming on the Pat McAfee show all the time. Yep. Boy, he better back up his talk this year because I heard him say recently, if we have home field advantage, you got to come play. I can't say the airport, the flicking Packers at Correct. our home. Or if we play you, you're going to have to play the flicking Packers when we come to play you if we have to come to your stadium. He's talking a lot right now, and he's gotten away with so much with not having to be vaccinated or tested till the second day after the NFC Championship game. I don't know. I think that's just a rumor, but just weird things are going on with that. And my thing is, you're one in four of your last five NFC Championship games. You've lost four in a row. And I don't want to hear lack of talent because Brady's done it without talent. Other teams have done it without lack of talent, and they've just made the talent better around them. There's no excuses this year. None. And if you don't get it done with all the bragging he's done about how he's going to do it, I'm going to rip him apart on social media, and I'm going to call the show and just rip him. So let's say it's, he's bragging too much. It's one month from today, yeah. Tommy. Okay, it's one month from mm-hmm. today. It is sure. January the thirtieth, and you just got done watching the Royal Rumble the night before. So did I. But your Cowboys <laughs> go to Green Bay to play the NFC Championship sure. game. Can they beat Green Bay in Green Bay? History says no, because we always have a difficult time with them in Green Bay. 2016, we beat them in Green Bay during the season in Green Bay, but then we lost them in the playoffs when they came to Dallas. So the history says, and the numbers say no, and I'm a numbers guy, but do we have enough talent to do it, to keep to, to play them? Uh, yeah, we can. We have the talent. I just don't, and you can ask Vital about this, I don't trust the coach McCarthy in the playoffs. I've seen him make mistakes when he coached Green Bay, being very conservative, when Aaron should actually have a couple rings. And I think they won the Super Bowl despite McCarthy's lack of play-calling play ability in, in crucial times. I think they won a lot of that because of Aaron. And he should have two or three Super Bowls to me right now. But, but McCarthy, just his play-calling was just horrible. But I, I think we can beat them, but I just don't. I said 11-6, and six, 
You know that. And there's two games left. I had them losing at Philly and at Arizona. So they're probably going to do better than I thought. But and the numbers show that we just have a hard time with Green Bay over there and in general. But, yeah, we can beat them if we play to our ability. Why not? Every, you know? every team Kansas, struggles in yeah. Green Bay. Every, every team. Yeah, I mean, Kansas City is the only team right now I say that I could look at and say that team is back on track and they're dangerous. Tampa, I don't know. Tampa is still – they've lost some weird games lately. But I, it's possible. Yeah, I'd love to see it happen. But McCarthy, I just – I don't trust him. I'd rather see – more calling the offense and Quinn doing the defense and let McCarthy just sit down and eat some cheeseburgers. Tommy, let me finish this one with you off the air. Appreciate the call. Dylan, you remember yeah. however many years ago it was when Atlanta went up to Green Bay and Michael Vick just ran all over Green Bay. Do you remember this big playoff game? That sounds familiar. Okay. There has been a loss, I think, of the Green Bay stigma since then. What, what year was that? 05? So it's been a while now. The stigma being it's impossible to win in Green Bay. That that was it for a lot of years, right? Right, right. Um, going back real quick to the to the boys, I think I I love the talent on the team right now in Dallas, but do they have the X factor? Right, the pack. Two thousand three was that Michael Vick. Two thousand three. I think the pack has the X factor this season. It's not even just a matter of having you know home field advantage and it being really hard to you know win a football game in Wisconsin. There's something about whether it's Aaron Rodgers or this or that, they have been pulling off wins this year. I like Dallas. I just don't know if they have the magic that you need in the playoffs. It'll be interesting to watch. Their quarterback is so damn good. Yep. And he's so damn hateable. So you're not an Aaron Rodgers guy, is what you're telling Well, what I am is I'm not a guy who lies to the public. I'm not a guy who, like, misinforms those. Now, if you say nothing, if you omit or if you tell the truth, we're talking about, like, Carson Wentz, right? Like Sure. Carson Wentz, he's not telling people he's inoculated. So I I don't hate Carson Wentz's guts. Right. Aaron Rodgers is a little too clever. A selective choice of words, that's for sure. Yeah, a little cutesy, if you ask your boy. Yeah. Is is that why this is is he not having to be tested because he just had covid is that what like they kind of say you're inoculated for the next three months sort of thing so that's my understanding right michael so did you get 90 days after your last negative after your double positive or whatever okay you're double positive now you're covid cool then you get your negative eventually and after you get your double negative then they're like cool 90 days from your double negative and green bay just so happened to, to set it up to where it's not until like the super bowl <laughs> it's like oh okay big surprise right 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 but it's not oh i'm aaron Rodgers. i get to do whatever i want it's i just had covid so next three months i don't need to test there are two guys right tom brady and aaron Rodgers, right. who if they're like hey i want to do whatever i want they can until you deflate the football and then you can't beat 31 other billionaires in a lawsuit against you because you're one billionaire backers hanging out in florida with gals that you and i can hang out with right you know who the celebrities are within the NFL based on just watching them on the field interact with the referees, mm-hmm. right? Hard yes. They give a little butt tap, you know, to the white hat, and mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, hey, and that guy's going home. Being yeah. like, oh, yeah, I was just, you know, being a little little buddy-buddy with he's Tom not, Brady earlier. He's not backup linebacker who accidentally gets bounced into after a play and then a personal foul is called against. Because <laughs> that's real. That You're correct in that, though. My old high school basketball coach was an NFL referee. 
and he was a replay official. He wasn't even like an on-the-field one. He was in, sure. in the thing up in the replay booth. And he would have all these photos with like these NFL stars. And by the way, he played in the NFL. And he would like have all these photos. He'd be like, look, I'm best friends with all these guys. I'm like, or did you just pass him in the hall? Like, which one is it? <laughs> right. This is before Facebook, Michael. He was like showing us like six by fours. He's like, look at these photos, kids. And we're like, are you flexing on children? Uh-huh. What are you th- Come on, guy. <laughs> Rest in peace, Gary Lane. He was actually a wonderful individual. Tremendous human being. Let's grab a break. Oh, I see the phone lines are lighting up. I'm sorry if I missed one, Mike. We'll get it, I promise, on the other side. For two men on 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program, Dylan Storm is with us. Hey, yo. Obviously, when you bring a celebrity in, the phone lines light up. And I need to apologize, Rick. I'm sorry I missed you before the break. I get distracted when I get passionate, but I know you wanted to talk John Madden, and so do I. Welcome to the program, Rick. Well, hey, brother. How's it going? Doing good. I've never complained about a single thing in my whole life. Hey, it's Big Rig Rick here, man. I am up and down I-40 all the time. Long-time listener, oh, first-time caller. I just want to say I love the show. Oh, that's really nice. It's because Dylan's well, hey, here. Hey, with that being said, I, I got a bone to pick with you. Yeah, Take all the meat off of it. I'm ready. I, every time I'm in a greater Albuquerque area, I am listening to the boys on Two Men On, and I finally, I'm hauling a load, and nice. I get, <laughs> and you don't got half your boys there. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm doing a a half job of filling in here right now. Full voice, half My effort. My question is, what happened to Van? Is he a, did he have to testify in that G Lane Maxwell case? Oh gee, oh gosh. <laughs> Hard yes. Did he get hashtag me too or something? What's going on, brother? The uh I mean the hashtag possibly started about Van originally. Right. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're correct. Uh, so in-person testimony, subpoena for Jazane Maxwell. Um, tough, it's going to be a tough couple weeks for Van here. He's got a tough go of it. I, I, I'm in this truck 364 days a year. I take the day off for Kenny Chesney's birthday. And I just want to tell you, this is my favorite show. And I love you guys. And I am wildly upset that Mr. Van Nunley is not there when I got him on my speaker. Appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. Big rig, <laughs> Rick. I love that. No chance at all that was Van. Zero percent chance. <laughs> so funny. Zero percent. Zero percent. So funny. Oh, my goodness. Michael, do you know about that? What are you doing? Why are you doing me so dirty, Michael? Uh, he sounded legit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being a bar... A bartender over on this side, you just got to weed him out. But he sounded like he really liked the show. So. If he's fanboying Van that hard, it, I think we, I think else, we already know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> also, I've heard the phrase carrying my load more than one time, and I think I know who frequents who, that phrase. Who frequents the phrase. He's so funny. <laughs> that is a funny one. He takes off the day for Kenny Chesney. How can you not? He's so funny. I love it. We were talking uh, before the multiple callers that Michael is no longer any good at weeding out about uh, Christmas gifts. We were talking about quarterbacks giving lavish gifts, and, and what, why is that fun, and why is it a big deal? So, are you ready? I got, I got a couple here. I'm ready. Okay. So, Tua – are you going to have to help me out here? The, just leave it at Tua. 
Just <laughs> on, I have it phonetically in front of me. Tonga Vailoa. Perfect. He got everyone uh, like a nice grill and some meats. See, that's what I would do. That's a good one. You know, get some meats or, or just take take the guys out to a nice steak dinner. Yeah. Do something like that, you know. <laughs> you don't think he needs to do like Tom Brady did in 2007 wherever he got all of his linemen. <clears throat> Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Audi Q7 SUVs? You're what? kidding me. I don't even know what that is. You're kidding me. 2007? So this would be the 2007-8 season. Was that, was that a Super Bowl winning year? Because <laughs> I think it might have been. 2006 was the undefeated losing to Eli Manning year. Oh, great. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking at these cars. They're very nice. They're insanely nice. Do, does the tight end count? Or is does he, Rob Gronkowski right, count? Yes, does, he does. Does he get one of these as being on the O-line? This, or is it just purely the big uglies? And also, we have a rule on the show. When you talk about Rob Gronkowski, you have to call him former WWE 24-7 champion Rob Gronkowski. Everyone knows that's the rule here. Okay. <laughs> Can't we just call him former New England Patriot? We don't even say current Tampa Bay Buccaneer. No. former New England Patriot. Mac Jones gave his boys Bitcoin. Well, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Now, if you receive that, are you just kind of like, this is a dud? <laughs> this is a, d- a dud gift? Or I guess the question is, how much Bitcoin did he give them? Like, you, I, maybe you're cashing that out right now. Also, like, I feel like the boys have changed from the time when we were boys. Because do you just sit around with the boys and talk about, like, hey, how's your digital wallet? Because like, they all had to have already had one, right? You can't just, you can't just hand physically someone one Bitcoin. Right. You got to just put it into their account. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would be like, so if I was. Online account. Yeah. If I was a lineman, I'd be like, why don't you hand me the right now value of one Bitcoin in dollar bills, $2 bills, like my grandma. Right. And I would then I would be like, yeah, I promise I'll buy one. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're not even buying the Bitcoin. You're just cashing it out right from the get-go. I don't know the tax rules, so I can't say yes to that. But what I'm going to say is I'm going to seek advice. If I need you're moving advice. to Texas, and then yes. you're cashing it out. I got you now. There's a lot of them. You see, uh, so speaking of, of quarterbacks, the kid for the Jets gave a waitress – what's his name? Zach Wilson? Zach gave Wilson. a waitress tickets for her and her kid to watch him play football against the worst football team in the NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I have dated single moms. I know how you hit on them. And this, to me, is a special level. Just come out to the ball game. Yeah. Here you go. And uh, please, if you want to bring your son, go ahead. But uh, here you go. I'll be on the field. I promise. <laughs> what games are you inviting single moms to? That's what I want to know. I have tickets to everything. Hey, listen. No, we'll go to the Ice Nips game. And I'll bring the kid. That's my friend Dylan. He'll he'll get her in. Right. He'll get her in the event or whatever. Okay. So next time you call me up for some tickets, now I know what they're being actually used for. <laughs> so here, all right, little uh, back of the house. I don't call people for tickets because I'm in like the industry. I have access to, <laughs> but I will call Dylan and be like, "Hey, you think you could get me in the frozen T-shirt competition between the third and the fourth inning? Because I think I would kill it." Anytime, man. Be, how many calls do you get for that during a season? Oh, all the time. Got to be hundreds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, usually it's like a mom for her seven-year-old kid, not a fully grown man, but I'll make an exception. Do you want the crowd entertained? (laughs) 
<laughs> Are you having like a gladiator moment right now or something? I, so that single Always. mom, he takes to Eistoff's Park, he kisses her, and he's on video screen. Oh, you would do that? Dylan, you could send me Dylan up with the kiss just... cam, right? <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, it's hypothetical. I, I have a very lovely lady in my life. I wouldn't do this. This is true. All right. Turns out Zach Wilson has a girlfriend. I just looked it up. And if you look up her Instagram, you can see why he would not cheat on her. <laughs> so it's purely out of the kindness and the Christmas spirit within his heart that he's giving out these tickets. That is actually really nice. I take back everything I said about him, which it really isn't a lot. We don't we don't have a lot of Jets talk on the program. Anyway, so, all right, so these gifts continue, okay? Okay. What else we got? So Dak Prescott gave his teammates segues. That's a little like 2008 of them, isn't That's it? What I'm thinking, didn't that? <laughs> Are people still segueing? Didn't that like there was bankruptcy involved with them, right? Like you can't yeah, even get parts I they for had it. Issues for that. Here's a good one. Josh Allen gave his boys golf packages. What's a segue even good for unless you're like touring a city? You know, are you just going down from your NFL mansion to go get the mail? Yeah, that is literally what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. It, you have a steep driveway. You're tired of walking back up it, so you segue down. My grandmother lives in like a retirement assisted living, we come get things off the top shelf for you kind of building. And she has a neighbor with one. And he will like segue down to like the community room and play cards he like segues to like they do like a cafeteria style thing, right? So he does it around like the retirement facility. Is this like a Tesla? Are you like plugging it in at I random believe, spots yes. around town, or you just got some energizer or battery that's long lasting? Both, right? Scooters. There's a lot actually. Being a lineman's not so bad. It's really not. No. And after you retire, you go and join a pit crew for some NASCAR team, and you end up getting paid for another ten seasons. Do the second string linemen? Get gifts as well. That's what I want to know. Is it really just the starters? How many segues are being given, given out? Five or like a dozen? However many active day linemen you carry, they all get a gift. And by the way, they should go in from the running back too. So if it's like Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you need to be. Oh, uh, 100%. I like, I like what Tua did. Just give me some big meat, you know, just, you know. Here's, here's what I would do. I would be like. To like my beef. To my left tackle, I'd be like, all right, here's for my gift to you, here's like an optometry appointment. Let's make sure you got good vision. And I'd be like, I'd be like, here's a gym membership. Let's make sure you're real strong. And I'd be like, I'd be like oh my God, sign you up for a year of a dietitian. Like, let's make sure you're in private. So you're, you're a practical person now. I you're just, a practical gift giver. I want everyone to be successful here. What about like a handwritten note? You know? Aw. Yeah. I'd love that. Hey, I care about you. When we get back, because I know you love baseball, we're talking baseball. Can talk baseball. Dame Busters presents Two Men On Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I Nine, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. It's ninety-five point nine FM, AM six ten. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. Is it your final segment already? I guess so. I don't know. Time flies. Time flies when having fun. Well, Jeff's calling at 515, so you can stay around for one more if you want, but it's up to you. All right. That sounds good. One of a kind, okay? Like, like literally one of a kind. So the Associated Press puts out their Athlete of the Year Award, okay? Now, athlete, I think that could be anything, right? That can be any of... Well, anybody who's talented physically, yes. Yeah, <laughs> from the big five, I think, only. Okay. Do you, do you count golf? 
Well, uh, you know, they've had some Olympians, right? Yeah, yeah. I think for the AP. Lin- that Katie Linecki, I don't but, think she's ever won it. I don't think she has. I think Phelps has. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah. That Usain Bolt. Yeah. So baseball, I think, counts. Football, basketball, I guess hockey? You guess hockey? Are you a hockey guy? I'm not really a hockey. I'm, I mean. It started back up yesterday. Yeah. It was off for a week. Okay. It changed zero programming for us, it not being on. Hockey is a ton of fun. And it's also one of those sports that when you watch it live is just exponentially better. It's the only way it's good. <laughs> going to, like going to watch the Ice Wolves is very good. Right. It's so much fun. Tons of fun. Yeah. I've never tuned into one Ice Wolves broadcast. That's not true. I have. But watching it in person is way better. 100%. Got to feel the reverberations of the glass, you know? And that's a cool venue over there for the Ice Wolves because all the fans are on one side. The outpost, man. It's so cool. It's where to be. Yeah. Were you there before the renovation? Um, I don't recall. I don't recall the, the, the pre-renovation. Yeah, then you weren't. Then I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a cool spot. Super cool spot. Also, uh, Jason Thomas, excellent little broadcaster over there for the Ice Wolves. He does a really good job. He does. Yeah, he's a it, buddy. Hey, also, he loves traveling with the team, which is the thing I hate. Like, I like broad, I like play-by-play. I like uh, color plus commentary. Well, we've, we've talked about this before, Fred. You just don't like actually putting in work. In- it's <laughs> hard work to go on the road. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I and, know. And, Michael, you don't know. that. Like, have you ever traveled with a team you never have? No. Okay. So they want to go through, like, TSA, right? Well, I have pre-check. I don't want to wait over here with you Neanderthals in line for 45 minutes when I can just peel off and I'll meet you at the gate. But there's this dumb idea of fellowship. No, no, no. Screw fellowship, man. You yes. Go, you go through through pre-check, sit yourself up with a beverage. A, yeah. I don't know if you read. You strike me as a non-reading I've never guy. read a book in my life. Exactly. But if you did, you know, you, you can sit yourself up with a little, a little game on your phone. You know, play some tic-tac-toe or something yeah. like that, and you'll be golden. In my younger days, set up the Tinder app for wherever I was going. <laughs> In my younger days. In your younger days. That's what I'm saying about traveling with the team. That's not for me. And especially if it's like a team you can't relate to. Like, I love Lady Lobo's basketball. I think it's a very good product on the court. I like the coaching staff. I like the school. I like the few athletes that I know. If you ask me to go on the road, ride a bus... You asked me to ride a bus? That's where you draw the line. No, do you, you ever been on a co- collegiate girls away bus? You know how many times you can watch Pitch Perfect in a row? Because that's what it is. That's what this whole thing is. Right. Yeah. Hey, all right, girl. All right, guys, what do you want to watch? We got uh, we have Pitch Perfect. We got Mean Girls. We can watch Mean Girls. And everyone's like, yeah. I'm like, again? Okay. First off, Mean Girls, fantastic fire. movie. It's a fire movie. And I also... Like me some Pitch Perfect, yeah. so maybe I could be okay here. Both of those are great once. <laughs> I don't need to watch Clueless again. <laughs> like, I mean, I could go for Clueless, actually. Also, you ever been with that team where they're like the coach is like, no TV on the way back? And you're like, why? Because we lost? This is a six-hour ride. How are you not over this yet? A little bit of punishment. I get so mad. Oh, I get Because I don't care. I'm not on the team. I'm the talent. <laughs> That's questionable. I... I have a certain seat. I sit in it every time. <laughs> oh my goodness! Traveling with the away teams or traveling with the team to away games sucks. It's at the very bottom. Not a fan. 
we had Rob Portnoy in the other day. I was like, hey, what are the what are like the COVID restrictions for traveling with the Lobos? He's like, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Like, how'd you make it this far through the season? Like, you're brilliant, Rob. <laughs> just stay in Albuquerque. That's why I like what I do. Yeah, same. You know? Just go over to the pit. My deal with Highlands, New Mexico Highlands, I do home games. Yeah. Hey, you know what I love? Watching away games, because then I know how good I am. <laughs> you are the talent after Thank all, you. Fred. With a, with a small T, not a capital T. You've seen my business card. People know. I have. It's impressive. Don't mess around. Right. Yeah, I could see Highlands going to a national championship game, and there's and they have to travel far to not the going. East Coast, Mm-mm. and you're not there. Forget it. I'm. It, you know what I'll do? I'll do the away game if they're if they're in Espanola. I'll do that one. Is this? Are you just? Are you a bougie traveler? Is that what I'm picking up? <laughs> like if you, were, if you were like if you were going first class on a jet airline as opposed to a bus, then I think you'd be on board. How tall are you? I'm six two. Yeah, you're a big guy. Yeah, you got broad shoulders. Sure, you got good weight about you. <laughs> You tell me you comfortable when you travel? I feel comfortable ish. Yeah. Now uh, be me. R- <laughs> okay. So you t- you consume too much of the seat for it to be a comfortable experience for you. And the one that leans back and ruins your your lunch. Yeah. Right. And also this. No, I didn't take your Lisa Frank stickers. I don't know what you're talking about cuz I don't care. I don't want to be on the bus. <sighs> I'll meet you there. The way game in Denver, you take the bus. I will meet you. It's a 35-minute flight. I will meet you there. So you are bougie. Is what you're, I, think that, I think that's exactly that. I think that answered my question. My time is of value. Dylan Storm will be with us one more segment because uh, why not? Two men on 95.9 FM AM 610. The Sports Animal. Van's not here. But Howard is. Friend of the show, Howard. Welcome. How are you? Good afternoon, guys. Hey, Vital, I had a rough day. Pour me a beer, brother. Like that. I like that a lot. There we go. Oh, now, wasn't, there's two for you, okay? Just, wasn't that just cute as heck, our little buckaroo van calling in and being big <laughs> Rick Rick? He, that um, was so cute. Inside baseball, Howard, during the break, he calls us and he's like, he's like, why didn't you buy into the bit? And we're all, me and Dylan are like, because we, we know sold the bit, van. Like you, <laughs> like you, If you're going to do a bit, you text me beforehand. You can't just drop a bit on me, Van. Exactly. I mean, you, you kind of did. For it. Yeah, unacceptable. You got to prep. You got to prep. I was man, like, I know? was like Randy Savage taking a power slam from Hulk Hogan. I was like, no, I'm gonna get right back up. Like you forget it. Yeah, you were supposed to hip toss me and you power slam. Yeah, Come no, on, man. no, Sal. How many WWE references can you make in one show? I think all, you've already made yeah. two or three. All the answers. <laughs> yeah. All. All of that we possibly can. I'm a WWE fan as well. Everyone is. Howard, how was your here. holiday? How's the family? Everyone healthy? <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know what? Now I'm a certified Barbie, uh, you know, <laughs> kitchen assembler. Certified Barbie kitchen assembler. Four-year-old granddaughter. Grandpa, you know, it was it was beautiful. I love that. Howard, Howard with the Barbie uh, dream toolbox. Yeah there, yeah, there you go. Hey, you know, yeah, you already described Dylan. Dylan Storm, 6'2", broad shoulders. You know, that sounds more like a porn star than a radio announcer. That's just the name. <laughs> just the name. Not in performance. <laughs> Not in, yeah. Just in presentation. <laughs> Are you projecting right now? Voice. Are you projecting, Fred? Okay. Listen to that voice. What are you doing tonight, honey? You know? <laughs> I'm telling it's you, man. It's not that funny, Fred, okay? You don't need to overly That's- laugh. 
And then he's like, let's get three sheets to the wind, if you know what I mean. Right, 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 right. Blocking out the windows. Well, thank you, Howard. I appreciate that. You have a great radio voice. You a Cowboy fan? A little bit. A little bit. I'm an an L.A. guy, so I, I I lean towards the Rams a little, but, you know. I, you know, I, I've I, always I, been a Charger fan. You see how that's working out for me. At least my Cowboys have have escaped mediocrity this year. You know, right, right. The Chargers are coming around. The Chargers will be yeah. in the mix for a long time. They got a young, very talented quarterback. Yeah, you know, and I have uh, on my digital uh, antenna in my office. I um, I'll click on ProView Network in the early morning, Van, and I uh, Van. Excuse me, Fred. Yeah, no one deserves and, uh, that. I, I, I caught you announcing some volleyball games, and you do a fine job. You do the basketball, too, up there for Western, huh? Uh, Highlands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexico. Yeah, how how very fortunate I am to uh, have the opportunity to communicate the fine athletics that are uh, New Mexico Highlands University. Only the home games. Well, you know what? You do a good job, man. I've I've listened to them, and you do a great job. I appreciate that, Howard. That's really kind. And that's not Big Rick. That's an actual caller, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) He'll never get on the air again. Oh, my gosh. Ah! And you know what? Vitals the enforcer out there, so we got to, you know, I just blew it, man. No more beer for me. Mm. My calls are going to get screened. I'm done, hey, you know? V- Vital probably. Oh, yeah. Howard, you're special. That's different. Yeah, well, you know, I'm afraid what you mean by that. But anyway, I'll take it, Vital. <laughs> uh, you know, um, really looking for some good things from my Cowboys in the postseason. I was very pleased with the performance I saw Sunday night. Now they have to replicate it for a couple more games and prove that there's some consistency to it so they can lead into the playoffs. This would be what the doctor ordered for them. If they could get the ship righted and get the uh, offense playing to the level they did, and, oh, my God, and special teams and defense, it was an incredible, an incredibly lovely evening Sunday night. Defense has been looking good this season. Insanely good this they- season. They have, they have. They're a special unit, and they've got some special players. And, uh, you know, of course, I hope we don't have to go to Green Bay where Big Rick's Packers always <laughs> job us over there with the referees, you know? It was a catch, gentlemen. It was a catch. Sounds Still like people not are over fearing the have Green nice Bay. Evening, guys. Be Thank good, you. Howard. People are fearing the Green Bay this year, man. I'm t- Green Bay, like, to physically be there. It is cold. Michael, you're yeah. from Wisconsin. Yes, from the big college town, Madtown, Madison. It is ridiculous up there. It can get rough. It's brutal. It's cold. You ever done? All right, Dylan, I'm not trying to be that guy. That's right why hockey's so big up there. You ever, uh, been, you ever tried to work and be cold? Yeah. It sucks. That's uh, <laughs> That was the first thing that started happening when I started working ice wolf, wolves games. So I was like, holy smokes. Yeah, you were cold. It's actually cold. You wear gloves during? No, I don't go that oh, far. I would. But I wear about 10 layers. Yes. Yeah. Also, Ice Wolves have good swag. I don't know if you've been to the team store over there. Oh, yeah. It's it got a good logo. Oh, my God. It's such a good logo. And it's got, like, the mountains in it. It's got the whole thing in it. It's a whole thing. Have you seen the definite? Like, have you seen how it's broken down? It's a really smart logo. They got a good program over there. I don't talk enough Ice Wolves. I'm going to make the effort move. Well, you also hate hockey. It's not that I hate <laughs> hockey. <laughs> we, we literally talked about this 20 minutes ago. Being from where I'm from, hockey has a prominence. So, like, St. Louis Blues have this, like, weird energy about them. Like, there's a certain type of fan, and I'm not, just that, I'm not that type of person. I don't get mad at my dog when the team loses. Right. That's hockey fan. 
Well, that's kind of every sports fan. It's every bit. fan, yeah. yeah. No, it is not. Yeah. Hockey's a regional kind of deal. Oh, it's super regional. Not in the high desert. Right, Dylan? I mean, pretty much the people yeah. that you probably meet are from somewhere else. Do you watch a single Kings game after Gretzky left? <laughs> no. Yeah, right? No. No. Yeah, but but you're right, Mike. Everyone's from Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, or Sweden. That's true. Yeah. Toronto is like, that's where you should like hockey. If you live in Toronto, you like hockey and pro wrestling. Those are like the only two things. Oh, ding, ding, ding. There's another pro wrestling remark. Got it. Chris Jericho? Yeah. All the best guys are from Canada. That's a, <laughs> that's a fact. Everyone knows that. I could do a wrestling program. We, it would be very good. In fact, joining us next Wednesday on the program, Tyler Copeland, who's passing through town on his way to Phoenix, but he is a pro wrestler from St. Louis, Missouri, who I know very well. We're going to talk pro wrestling. How excited are you right now? Very. I can tell. Yeah. And we got a cool week next week. That's going to be your Christmas day right there. Yes. <laughs> We're on location a lot next week. We got a lot of neat stuff going on. We got a brand new deal with O'Neill's. We just partnered with O'Neill's. Wonderful. Yeah. Love O'Neill's. It's very good. Yeah. Next time we're in the program, it might be there at O'Neill's. Perfect. Make it happen. Yeah. Just partnering with Electric Playhouse. We're going to be live from Electric Playhouse. Ooh, yeah. fancy. You want to play wiffle ball? We're doing wiffle ball over there. Let's play some wiffle ball. That's what I'm saying. We're living a very good life right now. As long as COVID stays cool. Yeah. Because it's not. Yeah, that's a little bit of a question mark. Omicron is 50- It's going to be tough for Lobo Games people coming in and not. <sighs> I'm sure you're going to get some pushback there, don't you think, Dylan? I, hopefully people are good about it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, in case you didn't know, you, you have to be mandated uh, or vaccinated. Right. Vaccinated. Uh, the, mandate is the, ma- the mandate is yeah. the vaccination, yeah, to, to enter the pit. Or you can be tested uh, right there on the spot with a, with a negative test. You're, you're good to go. We talked about that yesterday with Dave. Where So we were talking about that you can show up to the pit up to two hours before the game. There you go. Yeah. And then you can get the test on site. And they said if you can sign your name quickly and get through all the, the processes, it takes about 20, 30 minutes. Not so bad. It's just... An ominous sign for things to come. You know what I mean? In my opinion. I'm just hoping that it's not the the first domino of more things going a little to 2020 again. Well, the trend I feel right now with COVID-19 is because it could have gone like two directions. It could have gone the way it's going, which is like more contagious, more susceptible, right. not as bad symptoms, not as bad mortality rate. Right, which is good. Which is very good. Very good. And then it could have also gone less contagious- but those who get it, higher mortality rate, worse symptoms. And it didn't go that way. And how fortunate we all are. Because we're going to get it to a point where it's going to be like similar to the flu. Well, what's the flu? 0.1% or whatever of people die from the flu? Right. It's going to get down to something of that neighborhood. And then a conversation has to start where it's like, when is COVID-19 as acceptable as the flu? It's right. not there yet. It's still far more dangerous. Sure. But eventually, and I don't know how to start that conversation. I'm not smart enough. We <laughs> We know that, Fred. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir, I believe, is, is the expression. There are a couple things I can't fix. Number one, COVID-19. Right. Number two, how you haven't seen Boba Fett yet, so we can't talk about that, and that infuriates oh, me. Oh, I know. I know. I think UNM has done an incredible job of keeping their athletes healthy. You yes. See some of the teams they were supposed to play in the last couple of days, Dylan, I think they've done a wonderful job over there. Let's knock on wood and hope it stays that way. That's how I feel. Yeah. I think Eddie Nunez to call every team in the Mountain West and say, here's how we're doing it. Do it the exact way we are. Also, you guys owe Dylan a game check. <laughs> Do it in Bitcoin, Dylan. It's, it, that's right. Quarterback, Christmas gifts, Bitcoin. 
There it is. It's almost like you should take out. I should have done this. I didn't even think about this last year. Should take out like an insurance policy against if I'm canceled. Like <laughs> you got to like figure something out because that's a real lost stream of income. I, right. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Okay, what is your job if there's no fans in the stands at Isotopes Park? I don't know. You, that's all I do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We talked about. I mean, COVID nineteen, man. And and sports, they they don't exactly go hand in hand. Well, I mean, I think you could say COVID nineteen in a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm not trying to get too narrow minded here. Dylan Storm setting a personal record today for time on the show with five segments. Ooh, it's Congre- been a pleasure, my friend. You are a world of talent. Like I know, I don't ever say nice things on air. I always say them off air. But for you to number one, make the time. Thank you. Number two, coming on short notice, like you did. That's a big deal. I know you're blowing some sunshine right now, but you know what? I'm here for it. I appreciate it. <laughs> if if I can sometimes be the shadow that casts from that sunshine, that's me. That's the energy I want. You are the best. You're the best at everything you do. Ice wolves, lobos, ice topes. Uh, did I miss anything? Thank you. Are those uh, it's just those much, three? That's pretty much. Are you right. still on fiber? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Call me in. I love that. I love everything about That's that. Right. <laughs> After the break, Jeff Grammer is going to come on. We're going to talk uh, his reaction to the Lobo football signings. He's going to talk his idea for the program. And then, obviously, we're going to talk Lobo basketball, but there hasn't been a lot to report on as of recent. Dave and Buster's presents Two Men On, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Big thank you to Dylan Storm, voice of the Lobos, hype man natural for the Ice Topes, and voice of the Ice Wolves for sitting in for the first hour of the program, and we'll really just set in the plate for the dinner that is Jeff Grammer joining us on the program. Jeff, how are you? I'm good. I, I had no idea Dylan Storm was going to grace us with his presence. Yeah, how fortunate we are that he were to slum with us on afternoon radio he's uh he's a world of talent and he's a real he's a real special young man so i'm glad he came on and was able to be part of the show good for him he's he's, he's a he's a prized possession of this town and people that don't know him need to get to know him even if he gives me a hard time for the fact that i was the first person last year during the isotope season not last year this past season yeah the first loser of the hat game where they do the three hats and the balls <laughs> under the hat. I, I was the first to lose that. I went with my family on a day off. I yeah. was not covering the game and uh, got to go do that. I had my two-year-old in my arms and my 12-year-old standing next to me. She told me, my 12-year-old told me what hat to pick. I And everyone could hear her on his microphone. And I overrode her and said, nope, I'm going to go with hat number one. And she said it was hat number two. And sure enough, she was right. I was wrong. I was the first loser. But that's the crown I wear proudly. Jeff Grammer, who sucks at three-hat Monty, joining us on the program. <laughs> and we're laughing it up. Obviously, we had to kick Dylan out uh, so you and I could talk about the book of Boba Fett. Oh, my God, Jeff. How incredible was that? I'm, I'm more of a La Bamba guy. <laughs> I haven't seen it. No, I, look, I'll, I'll watch. I will watch. I've, I've not seen it. And I should, right? I'm the guy who I was telling Dylan, I literally wake up at like 5 a.m. to watch it. I can't go through the day and accidentally see a spoiler because it ruins my whole day. I, I should I should definitely watch. I I, I will I'll, I'll have to get back to you and tell you how wonderful it was. Yeah, good start is all I'm going to say. I'm going to it's worth the the 40 minute sit down that it is. It's very much worth it. Uh, well, that's good. 
you have not had a ton of Lobos to cover recently. So what, you covering the Mountain West? Like, what's what's the beat right now for you? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, just kind of waiting around to see what text I get today about what's canceled or what's postponed today. Um, I, I did have some rare but uh, much appreciated built-in time off for Christmas this year. Right. Normally, the Lobos play closer to Christmas than the 21st, and normally, as they were scheduled to this year, they were playing on a Tuesday after Christmas weekend. Um, that got postponed. So because of that, I, I had some, some extra time off and, and, frankly, just sat on my butt a whole lot. Well, I mean, there's worse jobs to have. I think a fun conversation for the friend of the show is kind of how that communication works behind the scenes. So I have this belief that friend of the show thinks it's like this intricate, like email system and everyone kind of finds out in a timely matter. And it it just doesn't really work like that. Like, it's no, no it's last minute phone calls and oops, I forgot to text you. Like, do you, yeah. yeah, can you maybe walk through a little bit, like, what it is like on the day-to-day covering, like, a Division One like, college team? So, like, let's just say a, a breaking news story of, of any kind of newsy significance, not not necessarily player recruits or anything like that, but um, I would say three-fourths, just to throw out a maybe kind of estimated number, three-fourths of the stories come in kind of daily checks with people. Like, I'll, I'll just text athletic directors, assistant coaches, or whatever, and, and they usually say, oh, you, you heard about this, right, or whatever. Right. Um, but, but the quarter of the stories that kind of slip through the cracks or, or are accidental stories, like how did I hear about that, are, are people just assume that I know, like kind of what you said. I think people assume I'm on this email list that, like, the second news happens, people will tell me, and I think there are people, like, at, the, at UNM or, or the other college campuses that think, like, reporters just know this stuff right away, um, th- there are some national reporters who certainly get on on such lists, but I'm not on one. So sometimes, like, I, I remind people, man, like, if, if you think I know, just go ahead and text me anyway. Let me know. I want to know. Like, t- tell me what's going on. And uh, I accidentally stumble into stories so much more than I think people would uh, would ever imagine. Which, which you know, I, I'm glad they think of me so highly that I'm I'm really on top of all this stuff. No, sometimes it's just because like I'm I'm talking to somebody about. About Boba Fett, Boba Fett, not Boba Fett, um, <laughs> and La Bamba, and and then like, oh, by the way, did you see what happened with so and so? And I'm like, what do you mean, by the way? That should have been the first thing you told me. Yes. And uh, I kind of stumble into those stories so much more than people think. Yeah, there's a kind of a lot to print journalism. I think to to like the friend of this show or the consumer of your product to where the amount of legwork that goes in is like 10 to one versus like the product you push out. So whenever you're like building relationships with like Eddie Nunez or like Richard Pitino or like Danny Gonzalez, what is that like? Do you have to set the president like as professional first, or is it about like the trust and the interpersonal relationship that allows you to bring what is always the breaking, but the best Lobo coverage here in the city? So I, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough, you know, I don't know what they're thinking when they ask me to do it, but I've talked to journalism classes and, and I've told them all the same thing that like journalism and beat writing isn't unlike just any other walk of life where I don't want to tell you this is how to do it. And this is how to build the relationship because your personality may not fit that. Like I'm, I'm so self-deprecating and I'm so much like just talking trash to people. Like I'm, I'm all about giving like a, a complete stranger a hard time. If I know something about him, like, I'll meet him and start giving him a hard time about something that I, I might know about him or his past or something like that. 
And sometimes you swing and miss with that. Some some people just don't like that, right? But that's sort of who I am, and I kind of try and build up a familiar relationship with someone by making them feel like they know me and making them feel like they can talk to me. And I kind of do that with self-deprecation and stuff like that, but that's just because that's who I am. I'm on Twitter making fun of myself. That's not everybody, though. Some people just need to keep it really straight, you know, keep the, keep wear, wear a suit and tie to the game, stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not that guy, but that works for some people, and, and some people really respect that. And I, I, I think that it, kind of like any job, you kind of have to approach it with who you are mm-hmm. instead of trying to fit um, into what maybe somebody talking to your class once told you is the best way to do it. For me, though, I, I just kind of talk trash with a lot of people, Um uh, I, I do have to let some people know sometimes when I'm actually, hey, I'm working on a story here. Can, can we talk about this? I have to remind people sometimes when I'm expecting something on the record as opposed to them just, you know, kind of talking with me loosely because I have to remind them, like, look, guys, like, I'm, I'm writing a story here. So while I appreciate all this good stuff you're telling me, I know I'm not going to go burn you by saying that. So I'm now asking you a question on the record. What can you tell me on the record about that? And then usually their quote's completely different. Sometimes they have strong, as you might imagine, very strong opinions that they don't want to say um, into a microphone or into something that's going to be quoted in the paper. Um, but that background is always really helpful in my coverage um, when they do tell me that stuff, even if I can't quote them saying it. So the let's just use like the Lobo basketball team right now as an example. So a week ago, the Colorado State gets uh, postponed, canceled, rescheduled. I'm not sure what verbiage to use. Now, whenever you get that information from the university, is there a dive from you that's deeper? Are you looking for the why? Are you looking for the reasoning behind it? Or is it, hey, I'm just going to communicate what's been communicated to me? Like, what is your approach on stories like that? So I'll walk you through that one. That one, because they had already canceled two games prior to announcing they were going to postpone the New Mexico's, the, uh, New Mexico's um, season opener game, um, they had already canceled the Tulsa non-conference game and a Tuesday night game with Alabama, and that was Tuesday night, the same, they were supposed to play number 10, and then number 10 Alabama, the same night that the Lobos were playing Norfolk State. Right. Um, Pitt. So, um, that night, I knew there was a possibility, that, in fact, I knew there was a very real possibility that they weren't going to be ready to play, but I sort of thought that it was going to wait a day, get through this Lobo game, and then we'll figure it out. Uh, to be honest, a radio play-by-play announcer in, in Fort Collins, for or he, he does the play-by-play for, I'm forgetting his name, Brian Roth, um, does play-by-play for, for Colorado State. He had done a podcast earlier that day and tweeted out, hey, podcast coming, talk about you know Colorado State having to cancel the Mountain West opener. The tweet was deleted really quickly because he was not supposed to have said that, but that was when I found out that it had actually been decided they weren't going to be able to play. But the next step then was, okay, why hasn't the league announced this? Why hasn't UNM announced this? And the reason was the Mountain West had a policy still at that point that if a team couldn't play because of COVID positives, they had to forfeit the game. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to make their nationally ranked 10-0 Colorado State team um, in the league get their first loss by forfeit for something that two months ago when they made that policy, it was to encourage vaccinations. Well, now that the entire team is vaccinated and eight players still have COVID positives because a variant they didn't know about two months ago right. is popping up on rosters across the country in all sports, they're like, okay, it's overly punitive to say they lost the game in a forfeit now because of this. So let's try and figure out a different way. Let's see if they can reschedule it. And so they came up with a new policy, but they wouldn't announce the postponement of the CSU-UNM game 
until their new policy was in place. So nobody could then argue, well, that should have been a forfeit. Um, I will say that UNM, sure, they would have loved, and some fans might think it's unfair that they changed the policy right before announcing the postponement. Some fans would have loved to have said they had a top 20 win because of that forfeit. The reality is UNM would still love to reschedule that game because then they get a ranked opponent in the pit and maybe sell a few extra tickets, and they need the money. So they will try and reschedule that game if they can. Can we grab a break real quick, Jeff, and where we come back, talk a little bit more about the program, talk a little bit more about the COVID situation that surrounds it. And I want to talk about practice. I don't know if you've been to the practices since the boys have been back from the holiday, but I kind of want to talk about how the team is and what we can look forward to uh, against Nevada this Saturday. We'll talk about practice? We'll talk about practice? <laughs> Not the game. Not the game. Yeah, we can talk about practice. We're two men on Lobos Basketball on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. Talking Lobo hoops. Guys and gals. My very good friend and face of the Albuquerque Journal, Jeff Kramer. Okay, Jeff. I do have, I do have a face that's made for, uh, for radio or newspapers. That's <laughs> oh, for sure. Do, do you, get, right, you get recognized a lot around town? Is that a thing for you? A little bit. Yeah. You know what? I actually just, uh, I'll, I'll do a quick aside and I'll make it quick. Uh, my daughter got recognized at a restaurant once. This was a couple of years ago. And uh, my wife and daughter were, were at a, a pizza place, Village Pizza. Yep. Un, un, uh, um, paid for uh, endorsement. I love that place. Um, Village Pizza with a coworker of hers and, and a woman walks up to, to them and says, excuse me, I'm, I'm sorry to do this, but are you Jeff Grammer's family? I wasn't there. Uh-huh. Are you Jeff Grammer's family? And uh, my wife's like, yeah, uh, yeah. We are. Oh, okay. I recognize your daughter from uh, Twitter when um, he always posts pictures of her. And, uh, so my daughter thought it was the coolest thing ever. She was like nine at the time, and now thinks that that stuff just happens that she gets recognized around town. But I, I asked, and her coworker was like floored, like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me?" Um, so I, I remind people like the only reason people even put up with me in this town is because I post cute pictures of my daughters uh, pretty frequently on social media. You don't know this, Michael, but the first time I met Jeff, uh, Jeff was a member at the health club that I used to run, the Sports and Wellness Health Club, and Jeff was at the health club. And I was like, hey, Jeff, my name's Fred Slow. It's nice to meet you. I'm about to start this radio thing here in town. And Jeff gave me the eye roll and said, good luck, buddy. And then that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> So you can tell that's a lie when it starts off with, I met Jeff at the health club. <laughs> Too much fun is Jeff Grammer. We were talking about uh, what's going on with the Lobos. We're talking about what's going on with the Mountain West. So, like half the Mountain West canceled games the other day, Jeff. Like no one is yep. playing ball. And everyone's kind of in the situation to where if you do play a team in the Mountain West, who knows what state that team is going to end up being in when the time comes Talking about specifically Nevada this Saturday, but what can be, I mean, the Lobos got as good of a shot as anyone, right? So I I actually just earlier today, I did a podcast for a fan site in Fort Collins, and they are they cover predominantly Colorado State Rams. They are the undefeated, nationally ranked number 20 anyway team that was supposed to be in the pit last night and couldn't. Um, I would say that they're, the clear favorite right now is Colorado State. After that, I would I would say that pretty much teams two through about nine, um, I think it can be anybody at this point. I think anyone could stumble down to nine, and anybody on a given night could be up there at two. I do think Colorado State probably separated themselves a little bit, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you what you can win a lot of games with in college basketball, and especially in a mid-major um, like Mountain West. 
two really good guards. And on a given night, if Jalen House gets you 20 and Jamal Mashburn Jr. gets you 25, or or you have two guards on a given night that can combine for 40 to 50 points like the Lobos do have, you're going to have a chance in a lot of games. Now, Jalen House may shoot you out of a game some night too. That could happen as well. But if the Lobos get a consistent third score, and I think they kind of have that off the bench now in K.J. Jenkins, Agreed. I think the Lobos have a shot on any given night against any team in the league. Um, they, they still have some deficiencies, but so does everybody else in the Mountain West. They have some holes in the post, and they can't defend great. They're, they're not overly tough, but, man, they, they have two guards. And in college basketball, you have two really good guards, you have a chance. Do you think this first wave – of COVID variant outbreak at the beginning of conference play is enough, not just for the Mountain West, but I'm talking collegiate basketball as a whole, to shake these teams into better practice. And I'm not talking about on the court. I'm talking about in principle of of COVID safety behaviors and taking precautions and making sure that they are able to play games. So the easy answer would be, I mean, I hope so, yeah, and, and I think it would. But but I'll also say this. I, I think an awful lot of college basketball teams and players kind of got the message a year ago, like, man, they can take away games right? You know, with any positive. So I don't think there's a whole lot of college basketball players and programs that were just kind of you know playing it so loose that they were, look, they're college kids. So some of them are still going out to parties when they probably shouldn't be. And some of them probably are in groups more than they shouldn't be in. I can't imagine there's a whole lot of mask wearing and, and stuff like that when they're just among their friends and stuff like that. But I got to tell you, I, I actually I, I was impressed last year um, and and this year with with what the the kids, if you will, the the college players are already going through. So I don't know that they have to change a whole lot. Um, I do think that there are programs, UNM is one of them, um, that aren't chartering flights everywhere like maybe a Duke and, and Gonzaga and, and all these top-level elite teams, mm-hmm. UN, UNM's flying commercial. You know, they're, they're hopping on a Southwest flight. Those are the programs, some of the lower-level and mid-major programs that can't afford to charter everywhere. Those are the programs that I think you're going to start seeing a lot more COVID positives um, with um, be, because it, it is kind of cutting through, even if you're fully vaxxed, like, like the, uh, the Lobo um, roster is entirely 100% vaccinated. Um, I, I think those are the programs that you're going to start seeing it, and it's not necessarily through any fault of their own. It's just that you know they're they're not getting on a private plane; they're they're hopping on with everybody else, and um, it, they can't control how those other people might be um, doing their COVID safe practices, if you will. Well, in another conversation we had here, and this is um, a bit I've done my entire broadcasting career, is how much I hate Title IX. I'm the biggest fan of giving to programs that you want to give to and doing it because you want to do it. And I'm not a fan of doing it because you have to do it. And I'm talking about anything in the game. And that's the thing with like chartered flights to where if, if you have a program that you want to support with a chartered flight, you have to equally support every other program in the college. Your cost raises exponentially because, because you want to put like a focus on one. Now I'm saying you should do it anyways. I'm saying if, if you charter the guys, you charter the girls, if you charter if you charter softball, you charter football. Like these things are all in line with my core values, but a lot of schools will stay away from doing it because they don't want to put the cost in because they don't feel like the one product has the value that the other has. And I am infuriated by that concept. Um, but that is, a, that's a topic for another time, but that absolutely keeps like schools in check budget wise on what they choose to do for their programs. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know a few years back, well, five 
years back. Now, Craig Neal had through a kind of a, a bit of a fit one off season when when he wanted more charter flights for the men's basketball team. And uh, there was a quote we had in the paper, former AD Paul Krebs basically said something to the effect that not everything they hunt, they get to eat. Meaning not all the money that Lobo basketball makes, Lobo men's basketball makes, they get to spend. And Craig Neal's point was, look at all this money we're bringing in as the men's basketball team. And, and Paul mm-hmm. Krebs' response was, you don't get to spend it all. Um, and that is the reality. Lobo men's basketball still brought in you know, their last full season with fans two years ago brought in $3.5 million in ticket sales. Crazy. Women's basketball brought in $400,000, and, and football brought in like 850000 So need, no other sport at UNM, in fact, all other sports combined at UNM, brought in less than half of what Lobo men's basketball brought in in ticket sales. But that doesn't mean Lobo men's basketball gets to spend it, um, spend all the money they make. I didn't know. That's a hot. That's really interesting because I, I didn't know the difference there was between the basketball program and everything else that that surrounds it. Because you know, here in sports talk radio, you have a hype and excitement for well for football, and I'm going to tell you, it's just as heavy as it is for basketball. That's my perception. Um, but I, I guess you're absolutely correct with with more home games and more opportunity to sell tickets, and then obviously all the ancillary sales that go along with that. There, there's a ton of money there uh, for a program and then for the university. Uh, the, the difference, the, I'll, I'll throw in this real quick, the, the big huge difference in college athletics is the TV money comes on the football side. Yeah. So you're getting millions of money from TV packages for football. You're not getting that for basketball. In terms of just ticket sales at UNM, you're, you're making tenfold what you're making for, for other sports. No, I guess not tenfold, but yeah. I'm an Aggie. My math isn't great. <laughs> but you're making a whole lot more in basketball than you are for football. Jeff Graham, a writer for the Albuquerque Journal, covers everything Lobos. Uh, he's an Aggie. Uh, well, he attended. I don't know if he graduated, Vital, but he's an Aggie, which we just broke here on the program. <laughs> oh, he's an Aggie alumni. <laughs> so, uh, uh, hey, talking about practice on the court, though, uh, were you able to make it out to practice this week? So I, I have not been to a practice this week, but they came. They were supposed to come back Saturday um, when, when they thought they had a Tuesday night game to start preparing for on Sunday. Instead, uh, they were the, the players were able to stay with their families if, if they went home a couple extra days. They didn't get back till Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't know if they actually got in some workouts, maybe some informal stuff yeah. on Monday. But uh, they they started practicing yesterday. I was not there, um, but they didn't get back till Monday. They they now have everything focused on Saturday, but they they really just got going yesterday and today. And uh, you know I, I haven't heard any good or bad news, but I know everybody's back, other than of course Jethro Muscadin who who uh, it was dismissed from the team last week. But, you know, everybody made it back. There weren't any positives, COVID positives, at least for now. There weren't any injuries, no no other transfers or anything like that going on, at least for now. Over or under 50% the Lobos will play in Reno on Saturday? 50%? Uh, 50%. Oh, um, like how many players will play? No, 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 that there will be a game. Sorry, poor oh, question. Oh, oh, I asked okay, poorly. Oh, I'm, I'm confident with like 65 to 70 percent that there will be a game okay i like that it's... i don't know that i go beyond that and, and i'll tell you what i'm going out there so if i if i get on a plane and find out like two minutes after i'm on the plane that the game's canceled and i have to fly there anyway i'm gonna be mad I... <laughs> you and rob portnoy bringing in the new year in reno nevada that is a fly on a wall i would like to be <laughs> jeff you are a uh, you're an exceptional talent and you're a good friend to me thank you so very much for your time and your liberal insight thanks guys what a good dude. What an absolute good dude. It's a cool industry here. The people who are passionate about the sports here, they want to share that. 
Jeff Grammer does not cover the Lobos for the Albuquerque Ju- um, Journal because he's making off like a bandit. He does it because he loves it. You know what Jeff Grammer needs a podcast. I know he's got one, but he needs like new ones with me on it. Well, maybe Vital, but me too. Grab one more break, Vital. We're just 15 minutes away from Nate Davis joining us, the quarterback for the Duke City Gladiators. We're going to talk a lot of football. We're going to talk bowl season. You know, he's been in the NFL. You know, he's playing bowl games. He's like, he knows the experience. We're going to talk about that. Obviously, we'll talk Duke City Gladiators. I'm a big fan of that pro of that product. Dave Busters presents Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We are powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team 9, and we start our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. From the texter, you never told us who's the AP Athlete of the Year. I guess me and Dylan got to just riffing a little bit, Michael. We never got down to it. That's my bad. One yeah. of a... Oh, go ahead. No, you guys were talking everything yeah, about just the... got away from us. Yeah, no big deal. Shohei Otani is your AP Athlete of the Year, and I don't think this could be Which, more correct. Yeah, that's the best one. Um, has, has done in what I believe to be still America's sport more and differently and better than anyone who has ever tried to do it. I love everything about it. And this Los Angeles Angel, the two-way superstar... When the time comes for him to go to the Yankees, when the time comes for him to go to the Dodgers or the Cubs, it's going to be the biggest contract you've ever seen in the history of anything. This guy is unreal. Home runs, pitching bound, all those things that matter on the field, and here's what's even bigger, what matters around the world. Being from Japan, a huge following in Asia, specifically Southeast Asia, a huge following and a demographic that is connected to baseball. There's a lot of baseball over there. But connected to American baseball? No. Except for the big names. Just like Ichiro did. Well, he's as popular over in the East Asia as uh, the Beatles. Yeah, I would agree. To us. He's as popular as uh, the Book of Boba Fett is today. Which I, I'm getting the vibe <laughs> you haven't watched yet. No, I haven't yet. That looks pretty interesting. But yeah, Otani, wow, what a special talent. Yeah, it's unreal. It reminds you of like Little League, right? When there was that one kid who was that much better, and he was like the pitcher and the shortstop, and he could like hit all hardly tried. Yeah, that's him. Oh, I hated guys like that. <laughs> <laughs> Can, I'm, and I'm talking like to be able to capture the fans on both sides of the ocean, now you worldwide. Like, you the AP Athlete of the Year. you the Planets Athlete of the Year. And also living in Anaheim, not that bad of a life. And I'm assuming still as a residence in Japan. Just living it up, doing the best he can. Yeah, I'm the athlete he doesn't have to pay for any meals in Japan. Oh, God, no. Has he changed the game of baseball? Do you think no. or he could the Nuh-uh. way Steph Curry did with basketball? Zero percent. I No one can do what he's doing. That's how unique this thing is. A lot of kids will try. A lot of like, like, uh, and we've had guys, right? Rick Ankiel is the one that always kind of comes to mind. We've had guys who think they can do it both. You cannot. This is so exceptional. It cannot be emulated. The Steph Curry stuff can be emulated. Do you remember, I guess it would have been mid-90s, when, all right, so the three-point line's invented. Cool, it exists for a while. Teams aren't taking it. Uh, keep going inside. 
That's the coaching. That's the style of play. Then the three-point line gets moved in in the 90s, and Steve Kerr shoots above 50% from the three-pointer. And you're like, okay, now teams are shooting more threes, and they're like, we've got to move it back. So they move it back again. After they move it back again, Steph Curry's like, hey, this is cool, but can you see me shoot from 30 feet? Can you see me shoot from 35 feet? Can you see me shoot from 40 feet? His name is Logo Lillard. Like, guys just imitate guys, right? Yeah, right. So here, this is why it's different. You can't imitate this. Because to go out there and and huff high 90s from the mound, throw off speed, get stuff with movement, get guys out, go deep into games, and then the next day you get one day off, and then you got to go and you got to bat four days in a row. He's batting on days that he's pitching. I cannot stress that to you. He's in the American League. Yeah. Also, when the time comes, when his shoulder falls off, because it will, you put him in right field. Hangs out in right field. Because he can shag fly balls. I'm telling you, it's not that hard. Get underneath one. And hit dingers forever. I'm in. I'm. This is the time they got it right. And I know it's in the past. It's gone to some other guys. I think LeBron won it last year. Not like there were a ton of options, obviously, because sports were down last year. And he won the ship. What I would say is the best NBA championship of all time, because that's the weirdest NBA championship of all time. Yeah. But before that, like, 2019, I think, was like Kawhi Leonard. I'm like, okay. I mean, he's a good basketball player. I'm never going to ever tell you that Kawhi Leonard is the best basketball player in the game because he's not. There are guys just in the game better than him, which is a conversation I have about awards all the time because you know, you know how I feel about awards. I hate awards. Right. Is it, I mean, here, here's a, here he is, 9-2, ERA. He's got a slugging the percentage was oh uh, nine something. It's, un- it's unreal. Yeah, that's that's incredible. It's incredible. There's only a couple guys who won Athlete of the Year more than once. I think I think Otani has a shot. And that like that list: Lance Armstrong, Tiger, LeBron, right, Michael. There's some golfers. I think Byron Nelson's in there. But the thing about these awards is. Awards don't mean anything to me unless everyone else recognizes you. So it's like with all-star game voting. Like fans get to vote for all-stars. You remember in 2015 when the Royals put in like like all the starters? And you're like, this oh, is yeah. not the all-stars. Major League Baseball player, NBA player, NFL player. I can go down the list. They know who the best players are. It's not even in question. They know who the best players are. And that's to me is the award when game recognizes game. The award is given by someone else has to be valid. You can't be Kawhi Leonard two years ago beating out Simone Biles for Athlete of the Year. Because Kawhi Leonard is not recognized by anyone in the NBA as the best player in the NBA. Even when he's winning best player in the NBA, he's still not the best player in the NBA. It's LeBron. It's Steph Curry, who, if you recall, actually was kind of introverted in that year. But Shohei Otani, best baseball player on the planet, best athlete on the planet. Um, I don't need an award to tell me. I already know. Nate Davis, when we get back from the break, we're going to spend the last hour talking football. Uh, I'm about to really enjoy it. Dave and Buster's presents Two Men On, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM. AM 610, the sports animal. 
back on the program, joining us on the program, Nate Davis, quarterback for the Duke City Gladiators. We were just talking before the music. I didn't know this was your 12th season. Yeah, 12th season, man. That's crazy. Pull that right in front of your face for me. Yeah, so it, it's a, it's been a journey. It's been a journey for sure. Uh, but, you know what I'm saying, I'm very excited for this new season coming up. Um, you know, the the body's still there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just the mind is where it's at the top of this game. We were talking earlier in the program and obviously all yesterday about the passing of John Madden. We were talking about, like, what John Madden meant to NFL. When I, when I say John Madden to you, what's that mean to you? I mean, that's the NFL. I mean, that's what you think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every time you think of John Madden, you think the NFL. I mean, that's what I've always thought. Um, you know, and I've got to meet him, uh, especially, you know, playing for the San Francisco. Uh, we did training camp. We combined training camp together with Oakland. Yeah. Every year. Um, and that's where, you know, we get to meet him. You know, you meet all the guys. You know, once that comes, you know, everybody shows up. So, you know, I got to meet a lot of people. But John Madden, of course, you know, when you see – you hear John Madden – that's the NFL. That's Stood the out to you. Yes. I brought up your Madden football rating right here. <laughs> Got it right here. So, Nate, you were in Madden. You, like, your your whole thing, you were there. You were, you're in Madden. Mm-hmm. You're in the game. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's crazy that, uh, you know, the last, about six months ago, uh, me and my girlfriend went back home. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so I uh, – <laughs> I went through my mom's stuff. We was at my mom's house. She has a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, of course. The shrine to Nate Davis. You know it. And uh, in the box, there you go. Madden. Madden 10? Is that which one it was? Uh, uh, so Madden 09. 09. Okay. Madden 09. And uh, so got it signed. You know, I signed it for my mom. I don't even remember it. Yeah. But she's got it. I love that. Yep. She's got it. So Sean Hill, Alex Smith, Nate Davis. That's right. Let me give you a 64. Come on now. Of course. Of course, so it's a rookie. You're a rookie. A rookie. Of course, they go <laughs> slow with dirt on there too. <laughs> it's gotta be like because ball ball state, right? Yeah. So ball state is um, it's not that football powerhouse, right? No, no. Well, like when you were there, it was a special thing. You did special things with the squad. So okay, so when I first got there, no one knew known of ball state. No, uh, only David Letterman, of course. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying of course you know, but no one knew of ball state and. Uh, my first year, we went above, we went above 500. Uh, my second year, uh, we got a couple ESPN games. Uh, we went to a bowl game, uh, and then went to the International Bowl. And then yeah. my junior year, all every game was on national television. That's so sweet. So then everybody knew who Ball State was. Yeah, everyone knew who Nate Davis was. <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> it was a team effort, though. No, it was. It was so, a team effort. Uh, I want to talk about that bowl season stuff, obviously, too, because obviously we're in bowl season. It's a different time. It's COVID. Everything's weird or whatever. <laughs> but uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the traditional of it. Uh, quarterback for the Duke City Gladiators, Nate Davis, joining me in studio, which I love. I appreciate you taking the time. There's there's a lot of like really cool athletes here in town. You know, this is a very neat city when it comes to accessibility to athletes and being out of the community and doing some stuff. And if you just haven't taken that bowl by the horns, I mean, you're at, you're at every charitable event that the Duke City Gladiators are doing. I see if I'm somewhere because i'm a guy who kind of kind of runs in those circles of helping you're already there you beat me to every single thing uh i know you got a cool camp going on when do you rest big dog well i rest all the time yeah but, uh but yeah so you know i do my trainings you do and i love that yeah so i do train kids um i train them at loqueva um right now i'm looking for a place uh i'm in the works of getting my own gym oh how cool yes yeah, so that's where i'm, I'm trying to 
I'm trying to make Albuquerque my home because, yes, like you said, there's everything here. Everything. Know? That's another reason, you know, special shout out to, to Gina Thomas, you know, and for her to let me be a part of the Dew City Gladiators. Hey, and a lot of love to her and her family right oh, now. Oh, yes, yeah. definitely. You know, a lot of love to her. But, yes, definitely, you know, give it out to her because, you know, she gave me the opportunity to come here and show what I have. And my main thing is she welcomed me with open arms. And now I'm just trying to make this my home. So now I just want to spread what I've learned throughout my whole career, you know what I'm saying, from Pee Wee all the way up to mm -hmm. you know, trying to spread my, my knowledge. So that's what I'm trying to do. So that's that's my goal for this next year is to get my own gym, to get stuff started. Um, so you already know, so I'm looking for sponsors and all that. So. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Mm, so, the whole thing. so is it like a, you're going down to the warehouse district and you're trying to find the right spot, or is it like one that already – like what's what's the vision, Nate? Like, so, like you putting together the Nate Davis training facility and everything that is involved with it? Yes, of course. I mean, Oh, I, heck yeah. I, I, want, I want it to be a game changer. A, a, lot, a lot of stuff um, because uh, my brother was a head coach for a long time, mm -hmm. so he knows a lot of stuff. So my thing is that I want to have everything at my gym. Um, you know, I, I've – Found a location. Uh, now I'm just trying to get, you know, all the paperwork and everything situated so I can start moving forward there in you the go. process, you know, saying with the business plan and definitely know because, of course, you know, I want to have, you know, some maybe some some helpers maybe, you know what I'm saying? But that that's that's my goal. You know, I got a business plan going. Uh, me and my girlfriend, she, she's really been helping me through the process. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's a process, but I want to give back what I know. And Albuquerque is a great place for it, so – so as you train these kids, and you're currently doing it at La Cueva, as you're training these kids, it's all quarterbacks or it's more than just quarterbacks? So Okay, so I mostly train quarterbacks. That makes sense. Yes, but I do have other guys from on the team that train, and they come with me. So I like to have receivers. Yeah. Uh, if you have a lineman, you know, I have, we have guys that I have guys set up that we can get you in the right position, especially at an early age. If you can teach them at an early age the fundamentals – that's what we're teaching. We're not trying to be, you know, NFL guys. We're trying to teach the fundamentals. That's mm -hmm. that's the name of the game because once you teach the fundamentals, their athleticism takes over from there, and that's what we're trying to get. And then once we get our place under establishment, then, yes, then we want to start film studies. Then you get deeper into yeah. the situation. So as you're working with youth in the community, high school quarterbacks you're working with kids that trying to prepare them the next level division two or division one or whatever opportunity presents are there a lot of like little aha moments with your fundamentals when you're instructing people if you're talking about footwork if you're talking about transition to the ball or scanning the field do you ever have a moments with young athletes where they're like oh nate davis knows <laughs> well i mean yes yeah of course uh the, there, there is some sometimes where you know they be like, oh man you really know what you're talking about and what i say is I'm still in the learning process just like you. Yeah. Okay. But if I can teach you what I know right now, you're ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. So take full knowledge. Every time I, I talk to my kids, you know what I'm saying? I tell them, soak in everything I say. When you're at home, tell your parents, hey, this is what he told me I need to do. Mm -hmm. Just so it would be refreshing your memory. So that's what I do. I try to tell them, you know, but is this through all the situations I've been in and all the teams I've been in in the game, the study that I put in, that's where all this teaching's coming from. That's where it all comes down to. How many teams have you played for? So I oh man. <sighs> and I guess I don't just mean collected a paycheck from I mean because obviously Ball State. Yeah. Obviously. Yes, of course. But yeah. So but, I went to high school uh, yeah. in Bolero, Ohio. 
Um, so I played there all my all my high school, my kid all the way up. Mm-hmm. Didn't go nowhere else. And then I went to Ball State. Um, and then after that, I went to San Fran. I went to. Hey, why didn't yeah. you go to Kent State? Wasn't that like in your family? So my brother went to Kent State. Yeah, why didn't you go to Kent State? So um, my goal was to play football and basketball. Oh, okay. That was my goal. So, of course, I had to offer to Kent State, Ohio State, Michigan. I, yeah. had, I had all those. But Ball State told me I could play football and basketball. You had me sold. Yeah. Because guess what? My brother went to Kent State and played football and basketball. So, of course, you know, hey, I want to be just like my brother. So that's what I wanted to do. And I went to Ball State, started as a freshman, third game in the season. Hi, you are not playing basketball. <laughs> and that's how it went down. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, that was the at the time where if you transferred, you had to sit out a whole year. Right. Well, with my background, <laughs> sitting out Mm-mm. ain't working. So, you know, if I, the football was, was helping me, you know, through school and everything like that. Well, if I had to sit out and I have nothing to play for, then yeah, that was get distracted. It, I get yeah. distracted, you know. So, so that wasn't for me. So, all right. So as you're coming up and, and now you hit the professional ranks, you're drafted. Yes. Yeah. So you're drafted, which has got to be one of the coolest days in your entire life. Right? Oh yes, uh, of course. Uh, still to this day, I have a picture in my house. Oh, I love that. Um, uh, of the day I got that I got drafted. So, and you were at home when you got the call. So okay, so no, I had a little get together. I love that. I had, had a little get together for all my family. Yeah. And uh, we all got together, and then you know I got that call, and we all just sat there, and you know got to share a great moment. Oh, how family. cool. Who's, so who's in your circle then when you get the call? Like who's surrounded you? So okay, so it was mostly all my family. Love that. Um, uh, so it was me, my mom, uh, my dad, my brother, his wife, my daughter, um, my brother's two kids, uh, my grandma, my my the whole aunt. flock. Yes, the whole the whole my whole family. You know what I'm saying? And we all sat at the same table. But, but of course, I had some other fans. Yeah, people from my hometown come and support me and stuff like that college coach no okay no because at the time of course my college coach was brady hoke yeah so okay he became the head coach at san diego State. that makes sense yeah so of course you know he couldn't you know what i'm saying but congratulated me and all that oh, all of that yes but right now brady brady is at san diego state back he's back he went back to san diego state right so but yeah so you know we had a great time as a family you know saying just one of the uh, one of the best moments of my life um but do you share that with the kids? Like whenever you're working with the kids, like on drills and fundamentals and in your camps and stuff, do you talk about those kind of moments or is it? So mostly, uh, so I really ain't got to talk about it because of course, you know, kids, when you're training, of course, kids got a lot of questions, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Of course. And they ask questions, you know, say, Hey, what was your favorite part? You know what I'm saying? About being in the NFL, you know, how did it feel getting drafted and stuff like that. So of course I do mention those things. Um, but of course, you know, when you're training kids, of course they go ask a million questions. Oh, of course. Why you're, why you're training. Yeah. So that's where, you know, I really, you know, so I, I tell them, you know, I'm an open book, you know what I'm saying? I, I tell you everything about my life. I have nothing to hide. You know what I'm saying? I tell you everything about my life. I lived a great life. Now I just want to give back that that's my goal is just to give back. I t- and I t- like in Mike, like I know you just met Nate. Oh, we got to take a break. Let's yeah, let's take a break. And then we're, we're going to keep telling the story a little bit. Cause it's one of my favorite stories. I just, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. I'm a big fan of what you're doing in the community. Uh, when we get back for two men on Nate Davis, it's 95.9 FM and AM six. Back on the program. We, uh, talking to Nate Davis, having a lot of fun. We're talking about 
football. We're talking about his career. He's a quarterback for the Duke City Gladiators. But uh, how fortunate I am to say this, a friend of mine. And I like to, uh, I don't know, I like to share good stories and you have good stories. Uh, you're talking about being an open book, and that's one of the things that first like um, like brought me towards your energy. When it, like, so we were doing stuff with the Gladiators, and um, there's a lot of talent that surrounds the Gladiators. You get a lot of personalities as well. And I feel from have been in the broadcast game for some time, you can kind of tell the real real from the other guys. And that was like the big connection with you immediately, where it was like at these community events and and being a leader of the team and connecting with the media and dog, you bring your family out. Like not everyone bring their family out. I was like, okay, Nate Davis is one of the boys. Like, have you always had that mentality as, as an approach to life? Or has this been like a, like a, a maturity amongst the years? So of course, yes, it's a maturity of amongst the years. Yeah. Cause of course, you know, when I first started, especially in the NFL, of course I did do a lot of charities. You yeah. Know, of course, you know, because the thing is I wanted to get my name out there. And that's where, you, of course, that's the business side. Yeah. That's the business side. So, of course, you try to make this your home. You want to be working, walking down the street and be like, oh, hey, I know Joe. Yes. That's what I want. You know what I'm saying? And another reason why is I bring my families around because I want everybody to know, hey, this is my family. I want everybody to know, hey, this is my family. This is how I roll. I'm a family-oriented guy. Yeah. I want, I'm not no just, you know what I'm saying, guy wants to go out, party and all that. That's not me. I'm a family guy. I'm a family ordinary guy. That's reason. Another reason why I bring my family out, and they support me. And that's the first time that I've I've really had a family that supported me, in, in the in the oh wow the fashion yeah the sport that I do, you know, in the business that I do. This is the first time that you know, saying my girlfriend and her family has really supported me. You know, Matt and Gina they joked with me uh, all the time. I need fifty tickets every every home game. Yeah. Owners for the gladiators. Because why? I, that's for my family. That's not for just random people. This right. is for my family because that's how big my family is. Then they support me and they love football. And you know what I'm saying? And it makes you want to play even more, you know, play harder, you know, not even just for my team, just for my family. Right. So. Nate, Nate Davis, quarterback of the Duke City Gladiators. You've been quarterback for a lot of teams, including, I got it here in front of me. You ready for this? <laughs> San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks, Indianapolis Colts, Kansas City Command, Armarillo Venom, Rio Grande Valley Soul, the Venom again because you couldn't get enough, and now here in Duke City. Um, wow. Like, you just got all the jerseys hung up, or how does that, like, how's your house look? So it's crazy. So I do have uh, a lot of them hang. I do, my mom has a lot of them. My mom has a San Fran one. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a San Fran one. Um, so of course, you know, every year, you know, you get the, you have a choice, but you have to buy them things. Yeah. You don't get them, you know, it's the one that you wore off your back, but you don't, you don't get it just to take them. No. You know, they got to make some money back. Of course. So, you know, I bought in my, my home in a way each year. Um, so I have the, uh, 49ers and here, here in Albuquerque, my mom has one, but, and then my mom has the rest of them. Uh, but my cousin has most of them. Yeah, my cousin, biggest and, fan. Uh, of course, you know <laughs> he uh, he still he'll text me in the middle of the night because he works graveyard graveyards. He'd be like, "Hey man, you remember this?" He showed me v- VHSs. Oh, of course. Hey, v- get them converted. <laughs> VHSs of, of me in high school, and so you know he he was a big fan. So we were talking a little bit about, and we're we're going to continue to talk about your camps. We're going to continue to talk about the community. Uh, we were talking a little bit before you came on about Shohei Otani winning the AP Athlete of the Year. You've won a fair amount of awards in your playing days. You were the offensive player of the year this year mm-hmm. in the IFL, but you weren't the MVP. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Players know. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, t- I'm telling you, awards don't matter. Yeah. Like, do you got that energy, or is it a, a chip on your shoulder that you didn't? Because everyone in the league know. Like, it's not, and it's talked about. This is not a secret. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, how do you feel about awards among amongst players? So, or not not picked by players. I mean, by organizations. So here's here's what I think. You know, I don't care about no award, but that that championship. Oh, I love that. That that's all I care about. Be. Now, back in the day, maybe when I was young in the game, maybe you were like, oh, yeah, that was my goal. I want to go for Offensive Player of the Year or MVP. I'm to the point in my career where I'm not looking for none of that. Right. All I want is all eight guys to be on the same page, and we win. Because I don't care if I throw one touchdown. I don't care if I throw no touchdowns. As long as at the end of the 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 score we up by one point. Right. That's all that matters to me. So that's that's the way I've been. So to – to be the MVP, oh, I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. We was one place short of going to the championship. It's heartbreaking, literally. Like I like literally heartbreaking. Very heartbreaking. But you know, saying that's what you live and you learn. Yeah. So of course, you know, that's something that we can put in our history and learn from. So you thirty thirty four, right? Yes. All right. So twelve years as a pro, like you've thrown thousands and thousands of <laughs> passes. You've been you've been in the IFL for this season and before that, uh, other versions of arena football. As you go to other teams and you and you interact with athletes on other teams, is the recognition or the acknowledgement different than like walking in here? Like Mike Vital, uh, our producer, was saying some kind words about you when you walked in. He's a fan of the way you play. Do you have similar conversations with competing athletes and teams you visit, or is it a different verbiage? Uh, no, no, you'd have the same. Yeah, you had the same. Uh, sometimes uh, be different verbiage, but you know at at the end of the day, you know, you just they like the way you play the play the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, of course, that's the reason why you put in so many hours into the game for people to notice. Mm-hmm. That's why you play. It's for people to, to sit there and be like, Oh, okay, I know who he is. And that's why guys that's why guys put in all that work when no one's looking to show a hey, when you, you know, it, it makes you feel good about yourself. You know, hey, I'm walking in here just meeting him. And he's like, oh, hey, I like the way you play. Right. So, hey, someone saw me. So, that's what it, it makes you feel good inside. So, coming up, when you were coming up, uh, and coming up in in Ohio, right? So, it's like, it's there's a lot of football in Ohio. There's a lot of really good football in Ohio. And, by the way, Ohio, excellent sports state. Yeah. It's maybe, maybe number one. Hmm. Like, I'm not trying to be that guy right now, but maybe cool. number one. Was there a guy that played that you really tried to emulate? Was there a guy at the time where you're like, "Hey, if I could do it similar to the way he does it, either on the field or off the field, however you define that?" Was there like an inspiration to you on how to get to the next levels you wanted to get to? Of course. Um, so, of course, me and my brother are ten years apart. Okay. So um, generation, really. Yeah. <laughs> so growing up, that's who I wanted to be like. I mm-hmm. wanted to be like him because he played football, basketball, baseball. I did all three the same same way. Right. Was a great basketball player. Great shooter. But by watching the NBA, you need to be more than just a shooter. Right. So there was one of my cousins that I talk about. His name is Mike Hill. He was a big body. He could do all the post moves. And then I had another cousin that was a point guard. So I try to emulate all three of them guys in the basketball so I can be the one. And then that's how I did it. But I always try to be like my brother in football and, and baseball. So those are the guys that I really looked up. But, of course, each time we're all three, we're all 10 years apart. 
So I just pulled it up. I wanted to make sure I had it right. So being from Ohio, Cincinnati guy, Cleveland guy. So I'm more closer to Columbus. Okay. Well, recognizing the city, but like if you had a root for a team, like what was your childhood team? So I, so this is a crazy thing. Yeah. My favorite team in the NFL is whoever pays me the most money. I love that. So that's, <laughs> that's my favorite team. But I never, ever had a favorite team. I've always had favorite players. Because so, was like so watching like obviously you'd have the regional broadcast then watching mm-hmm. Cincinnati was like watching like Carson Palmer was that like a thing because yes. well, he played I thought insanely fundamentally yes for sure for sure but my guy was I, I like to watch I it wasn't no one in Ohio and it sure wasn't Pittsburgh Big Ben yeah it wasn't them but growing up my my thing was I like McNabb yeah stud of course Peyton Manning yeah and I always loved Tom Brady. Oh, well, yes. Oh, you picked the cream of the crop? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and uh, so that's where, you know, I really got to, you know, I, I love because they were technicians. Yeah. Technicians. And then McNabb was the freestyle guy. So, of course, you know, that's where you learn, you know, your little freestyle yeah. stuff. Because he wasn't that big of a technician. Um, but Brady and uh, Tom. I mean, Tom and uh, Peyton, they were academic. The, and there was something to me about a guy like Donovan McNabb who, if you can scramble to your left and ball fake to your right and then tuck, and then and you're like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm trying How are you physically yeah. doing this? <laughs> uh, I wanted to follow with that. So on the guys you emulated, obviously you've, you've played with a lot of guys and, you, and you've helped some kids develop their skill sets and you played against a lot of guys. Is there anyone that's ever spoke to you and like said that you do something that they emulate? Is there anything about your game where other guys are like, hey, I really appreciate that, and I'm going to try to use it myself? Um, so, of course, you, you get it with quarterbacks. Yeah. You get it with quarterbacks, and especially, you know, uh, not the starters, because a lot of starters are, you know, really, you know, big head. But, you know, I, it's crazy that you say that. I tell Drew Powell. Yeah. Okay? Like I said, this is my 12th season. I tell Drew Powell, hey, man, I'm trying to be like you, man. Love that. How can I be like you? He just signed with someone, didn't he? Of course, he signed back. Oh, did he? Yeah, he signed back with Arizona. That's what's up. Yeah. He's but, a talent. Of course. Man, he he's a horse. So, and that's why I tell him, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy that you say that. I tell him, man, I'm trying to be like you. Yeah. Because if I could be like you, man, I'm a two-headed horse. <laughs> I'm a two-headed horse, but I, you know what I'm saying? That's something, of course, God didn't give me is that speed, but it's all right, though. We, I know we got to grab a break, Michael, so I'm sorry. Uh Talking with Nate Davis, quarterback for your Duke City Gladiators. Talk about his story a little bit. And just insight into the game. You know what I mean? We're yep. a couple boys sitting around just have, having a conversation. Where we get back from the break, uh, more of this. I want to talk about college bowls. Because I want to talk about that for sure because uh, tis the season. Yes, it is. Dave and Busters presents Two Men On live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. And we start our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. It's all boys talk right now. Nate Davis joining us. Quarterback for the Duke City Gladiators. Entrepreneur, uh, community philanthropist, uh, loving boyfriend. Um, uh, one of the boys, really, just just all around. Thank you for making the time, friend. Hey, man, no, I just appreciate you for having me on. Though. Yeah, really let's hear your energy. I'm, de- I'm, I'm dead ass serious. It's, I've been fortunate enough in my broadcasting career to interact with a lot of professional athletes. Not all of them do have the do they have the combination of of get it, do, uh, do well, be smart, be capable, be fun, and, and it's a unique thing right now. So thank you so very much. I appreciate it. We're talking a little bit about bowl season because uh, it is the season. Uh, the big ones kick off in well just a couple days, really. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so you're at Ball State. 
First year, uh, good year, not the best year in the history of all college football. But now you become bowl eligible, right? So you guys, talk, walk me through that. The season ends and you're waiting to figure out where you're going. Like, kind of give me like your recollection of what it's like for one of these collegiate teams um, to to get selected to a bowl and then what that bowl is. Well, not the specifics, but the the event of it. Well, of course, you know, a, a good reason is that guys we get to play another game. Mm-hmm. Especially for seniors, seniors like, oh man, I get to add another game. Love the, that, you know, for for my career, because of course, you know, hey, the next level is not promised. Yeah, so you know, what I'm saying you made it to this far. Of course, you got a Division One scholarship. Now, you're at bowl season. Man, bowl season is a great time because, of course, you ain't got a way in. <laughs> that's, that's one of the best parts. You ain't got a way in during bowl season. You know, you still got to work out and all that, but you ain't got to weigh in. Um, and then you're waiting around to see what bowl you go to. And then, of course, everybody everybody wants to go to the PlayStation Bowl because everybody gets a free PlayStation. Oh, that's what that's where it's at. <laughs> yes, of course. So, of course, you know, guys want to go to places where you know you get the, the best gifts. It's too funny. Um, and then, of course, you know, you get to go to a whole new city for a whole week. So, of course, you know, that, that that's a great, great thing. Experience because of course you have a lot of inner city uh, kids that uh, don't don't get to travel as much, and then of course you know you're in college and you get to travel with the team and you know everything's paid for. Um, you walk around and anything you want is it, it's yours, right? So it's that's what everybody loves, you know, especially being a college athlete. That's what you that's what you uh, that's what you love is you know you're getting hand me outs. Just here you go. Yeah, here, here you go. Here's some swag. Don't sell it on eBay. <laughs> you know, hey, that's it. But, hey, now, hey, you don't know. Now you might be able to sell on eBay for some money. And the rules are all different now. That, oh, man. I will say this. It would have been different for you. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I could have been a millionaire. How many free tattoos would you have? All oh, of them? <laughs> I got two of them. <laughs> I could have had more than that. So uh, two bowl games, right? That's what you yes, played? Yes. So the first one, the International Bowl, yep. that would have been 08. Yes. All right. No, nope, nope. 07, uh, 08. 07, yep. Yep. So, yeah, 07 season played in 08. Yep. So the International Bowl, that was like also Ball State's first time in like over 10 years, right? Yes. So like what's that around campus? What's so, that energy for – oh, you're the quarterback. Yes. Oh, man, it, it was great. You know what I'm saying? Because when I first went, the most people in the stands was the band. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Then the second year, man, we started getting, you know, a good crowd. Uh, people really starting to come out. And, you know, it, it was a great feeling around around campus. It just wasn't just, you know what I'm saying, in the games around campus. You know, during class, you know, everybody knew you had your Letterman jacket on. They knew, hey, it's football. So, you know, it was a great feeling. And then once you know, especially when you were winning. Yeah. You know, if you wasn't winning, then hey, uh, it was a little iffy. The that's the thing. How oh, you just reminded me because I used to sweat my Letterman. Like when I was like, in, I was like, that was the cool. I have no idea where it's even at. I had no clue. You know where yours is? It's uh, at your mom's house, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So you guys. So you you see the announcement. Do you know ahead of time or do you see it when they're announced? Yeah. So they're, when they're announced, um, we're all sitting in the room. Yeah. As a team, we're all sitting in the room. You know, what I'm saying we're hoping, but the coaches, you know, find out. You know, hey, we have a couple chances of. These these bowls. Yeah, it's looking like this. Yeah, it's looking like this. But and then you know you find out that day, and then everybody's cheering, you know, excited. And then it's time to get to work. So the first one was in Canada. Mm-hmm. The second one was in Alabama. There's a world of difference there, right? Oh my goodness! <laughs> and and the problem with with the first one when we went to the international bowl, uh, man, it was so so cold. Yeah, it was so cold that 
no one wanted to leave the hotel. No one wanted to leave the hotel, so that was everything was inside the hotel. It's like the first week of January. Yes, yeah. first week of January, and it's so cold, so no one wanted to go do nothing. Everybody just stayed in the hotel. The hotel was packed. And Toronto's the spot, by the way. Yes. Yeah, Toronto's the hotness. Well, and here's how I know is because my brother played in the CFL yep. for Toronto. So I already know how it is. It's it's the spot. And, you know, now my brother done told me, and now, hey, I'm I'm of age now. Yes. So now, hey, it's time for me to – no one wanted yeah, to – it was too no cold. No boys. Nope. <laughs> nope, it's too cold. All right, so so you uh, so you're doing all the things that surround it, the swag bags, and you got to do. Oh, is that your first real exposure to like big media? Is that your yeah. first? Real, yeah. yeah. So what was that like for like your 21 year old mind? Oh yeah. So of course you know you're you're like wow. You know you have so much media. All they do is follow you around. Right. And of course at Ball State they don't follow you around. You know yeah you have your interviews here and there. Or sure. Whatever. But man, 24 seven you about to go to bed. Them people are walking right behind you. Mm-hmm. To your room, and they're like, you know, hey, we're just getting all the footage that we can. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I said, do you want to come in? You can tuck me in too. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, just get the door shut behind you. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it's the the media was crazy. Uh, so you, so that's when I really learned. You know, my coaches really put me on. Like, hey, you know, this is you have a future. So this is what maybe you need to start. Yeah. You know, start getting uh, used to, and you know, start start preparing for it, and. And that and that helped me out of Ball State a lot, you know. Played played in the bowl game, obviously. Uh, took a tough L, but I mean that's life. So it's yeah. life. So then, so you're in the next year. It's your senior year, and and here the world's your oyster, right? Like you're gonna play good football. You're gonna do good things. You're going to the next level. But I'm really concerned about not concerned. I'm quite. I'm asking questions about the stuff outside of the game because you can play the football game on the field. Yeah. But you're talking about this media stuff. Who is leading you through that? Like, who's coaching you on, like, how to interact with the public and how to? This is gonna sound kind of bad, but like, how to behave in public? Of course. Like, you don't end up like obviously another Ohio thing, but like a Johnny Manziel and doing dumb stuff like on campus or Terrell Pryor at Ohio state doing dumb stuff and getting like, like, how do you, how do you find like the right direction? And then now are you able to take that kind of messaging and communicate it with the kids you work with? Of course. Uh, so this is where, um, it's crazy. Cause I just got inducted to the hall of fame and the guy. The oh, oh guy, no big deal. By the way, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no big ball state hall of fame. No big deal. Come on. <laughs> so, but the guy that was the media guy then, uh, huh pull me aside, says, hey, you're the one for us. So we're going to get you right. His name's Joe Hernandez. Right. He got inducted to the Hall of Fame at the same time. Oh, heck yeah. yes. So he took me in and was like, hey, this is what you're going to do. Maybe two hours out of the day, you're going to come to my office, and we're just going to do interviews. Love it. And so that's how I prepared and got better every year. Joe Hernandez really helped me out through that situation. So, so you're finding these different mentors. You're going through the collegiate process. Um, we were talking a little bit about NIL just a second ago. How different would that experience have been for you? Like, is would it have been you directly handling all of it? Do you think you would have had someone in your life that was like helping you assist with what could have been a lot of opportunities around being the starting quarterback for Ball State? Like, do you think? So, yes, I I I believe that uh, if, if that was happening when I was in school, um, my brother would have helped me out tremendously. Yeah. Uh, because of course, you know he played he played in the uh, CFL in arena football, so he already knew about the the deals that you can sure. do and all that. So he would be able to help me out way more than what I could have myself. So with the young bloods today who are getting an opportunity collegiately to play, like what what is their best bet, man? Like how, like who's going to look out for these kids? Well, see, and that's and that's the hard part, you know. what I'm saying, and that's 
And that's the way it is with the agents and your financial advisors. When you get to the next league, you know, when you get to those, yes, they're good people. Oh, yes, I agree. But guess what? There's a dollar sign behind that. Every time. Every time. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know, are they in the best interest for you? Or are they in the best interest for their money? Well, they'll get you whatever they can, make sure they get their money. So that's where, you know, it's hard to find those good people, you know, for you for you to get your money. There almost needs to be, and, and obviously you and I, will, we talk a lot off, off air, so we'll talk about this at some point. There almost needs to be like a complete hub just for like collegiate athlete to be like, here's how you keep your brand safe. And and I don't know what that is yet, but it's it's got to be created because mm. there are some kids that can be made a victim if they're not sure. yeah if they're sure. not taking care. I, I definitely agree. Uh, so it's crazy that uh, in the NFL, when you're a rookie and you get drafted, you have to go to an an NFL premiere. Sure. And you go, and they tell you all the things that you shouldn't do, and some things that you should invest or stuff like that. Yeah. So they you know and they they bring in different guys to speak to you. To tell you, you know, hey, this is the route I went. It went wrong. Some be good, some be bad. But they bring in different guys to tell you, hey, you know, of course, because of course you're about to start getting a lot of money. Yeah. And a lot of these these athletes, of course, are not as fortunate as some some Correct. athletes. Yeah. So of course you're giving someone that don't don't have no money, millions of dollars or thousands of dollars, they don't know what to do with it. No. And it looks the same too when you're coming from nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Because I'm I'm a great example. I never had nothing growing up, but of course, when I had the money, of course, that burner hole in my pocket. Yeah. Because I was like, man, I ain't never had this, so it's in my in my pocket, so I'm gonna spend it. Everyone gets a PlayStation. Exactly. Man, I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> Christmas, I spent a thousand dollars just on shipping. <laughs> yeah, let's go. One last break. We'll wrap up the program with Nate Davis. Thank you so very much for your time this afternoon. I'm having an absolute blast. We're two men on ninety five point nine FM AM six ten. D Sports Animal. Final segment of the program. Big thank you to everyone who was a part of it today. Dylan Storm from the Isotopes and the Lobos and the Ice Wolves and uh has microphone will travel. Dylan Storm, thank you to him for coming on and being a part of it. Thank you to Jeff Kramer for some Lobo talk. Thank you to a friend of the show, Tommy. Thank you to a friend of the show, Howard. Not thank you to Big Rig Rick. Mike, Big Rig Rick does not get a thank you today. I, f- I figured out who the uh, K- that guy was. <laughs> He's not who he says he is. <laughs> thank you to Nate Davis who sat on me for the last hour, and we've just had a lot of fun talking football and kind of talking the business behind football. How many more, how many more seasons you got in you? So I'm hoping I got at least three. Yeah, three to three to four. Three top I, I level ones. Say, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know the ones that, like I said, my body my body feels good. Good. You know? I mean that's the main thing is you know if I could take care of my body, um, then the season when the season comes then you know it's it's a it's a little smoother. But the off season is the where you really got to take care of your body. Yeah. Because like, you know. Like, I ain't gonna lie, I ain't take care of my body too much this season. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm 20 pounds up. Gotta come down. Oh yeah, of course, gotta come down. But I will though. You know what I'm saying? It's not that. Uh, it's not that hard. You know, especially out here in Albuquerque with the elevation. Yeah. So that will be able to get my breathing right real, real soon. So. But man, I just appreciate you know I appreciate Albuquerque, uh, you know, for welcoming me in, and uh, you know I appreciate you for you know especially having me on the show. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, it's it's this kind of a. Uh... Like partnership, I think that that is a big deal because we talk about this a lot with the like the big NFL. We talk about this a lot with Major League Baseball. Um, hey, it's a sport and it's competition, but it's entertainment is what it is. And that to me is like the Deuce City Gladiators or the Albuquerque Ice Soaps or the 
the the runners, New Mexico runners. I love the runners. You know, where it's like you got all these like cool teams in the community. And by the way, there's more than just what they're doing on the pitch. Or there's more than what they're doing on the field or the court yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, and, and how fortunate we are to, to sometimes and, and often, it seems, have access to that. Uh, we were talking about bowls, obviously. We were having a lot of fun with that. Uh, earlier we were talking about Christmas gifts for offensive linemen. Okay. <laughs> You live in that world or no? Uh, well, actually, no, I do not. No. no. I know you do the dinners. Oh, of course. Yes, that's the one thing, you know, because it, it's kind of hard, um, you know, to do Christmas gifts because. No season. You guys are out of season. Exactly. Yeah. You're not in season. So, you know, that's that, that's the little hard part. But uh, during the season, of course, man, if you're my lineman, I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. Because you take care of me. And and so that's that's why, you know, saying I have a great girlfriend that actually helps me. Yeah. Uh, you know, saying so it's a lot easier, uh, especially to take care of those four to five guys. And uh, they're pretty small guys, so they don't eat a lot <laughs> and it goes easily and there's never any dishes to clean up. Oh, man. Every every week man. every every week is, you know, it's a it's a hassle, but, you know, it's it's worth it. What is what is that one thing that maybe Nate Davis fan or Duke City Gladiator fan or friend of the show doesn't know about being a professional athlete. What is the, like the one thing that you routinely have or you routinely do that I just might not be aware of? Is this so? It's always in your head that hey, someone's watching. Yeah, that's 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 the one thing that I've that I've learned um, from being you know saying from the top all the way to the top of the NFL all the way to you know playing in the IFL is that someone's watching you. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, hey, it could be just someone, you know, they're watching. So you always got to be on your P's and Q's. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one That's the one thing I've learned about being a professional is that, hey, someone's watching, and it might be the right person that can take you on after your athletic ability. Right. So that's where, that's what I'm, that I'm learning, of course, being wiser, is that, hey, someone's watching, hey, I might shake someone's hand, the right hand, but I can't be acting the fool shaking the right the, the right right person's hand. Yeah. So always be on your P's and Q's. That's the one thing I've learned. You've thrown a lot of passes to a lot of people. Is there is there one that sticks out to you? Is there one where you knew that was a dime that you wouldn't be able to like emulate again? Uh so yeah, it's crazy. Uh my man Coop just made a, a highlight tape for me. Okay. He uh I watched it, so actually I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. So of course, uh so there is one play. Um, damn, we were played. We played in uh, Frisco, Texas, and it was third and fifteen. And I threw one. It was a no looker. I couldn't believe I I made it. And Coop didn't put it on my highlight the first time. <laughs> so I texted him and I made sure that I put it on. But that's the one one that I really you know that I, it could be in my memory for the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean, I it was a no looker that I couldn't believe I made it myself. So whenever you got to so you're drafted, you go in the NFL and you're in you're in training camp or forget training camp. You're in you're in Florida, you're training before football, right? You're you're figuring out how to become a pro. Was there a moment where you were like, Hey, I can play at this level? Or was it always a, oh, I gotta work harder the next day? So I would say once I became a junior in college. Yeah. And we was on TV every day in ESPN and they're talking about me. That's when I it kind of got in my head. Oh, okay, hey, you can maybe you have a chance because of course that's every kid's dream to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. But of course, there's only point one percent that you can make it. So that's where I was like, oh, okay. When they started talking about me, I was like, oh, okay, I might have a chance. Yeah. So of course, then it makes you want to try even harder and you work harder, and then that's where you know it really 
it really popped in my head in my junior year. When you were crossing, like when you were crossing over from just sports to like culture, because this is a hundred percent real story. My my kind of like inspiration growing up, because I always wanted to host the Tonight Show. That was my thing. I was a big David Letterman guy. I was a huge David Letterman would say your name <laughs> on the Late Late Show because he was a Ball State guy. Yep, that's the first time I ever heard Nate Davis's name. Is I'm I'm a kid, <laughs> you know, like like trying to grow up and be on the Tonight Show. What is, is that a thing where it's like, oh, this is bigger than you realize? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, so it, it became to a point where that's when I knew it was big. Yeah, when David Letterman asked uh, three players, and I was one of them, and our head coach to be on the Tonight Show. Yeah, and well, of course, our head coach. He took it. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> you know, he took it, but he didn't let us, the players, do it. Um, but he took it. Um, but that's when I was like, okay, you know, hey, we have a name now. Yeah. We have a name. Of course, you know, I had a name in Ohio. But, you know, hey, I have a name all over the country. Now someone knows who I am. Um, and, you know, it makes you work harder, you know, and I was very blessed. I love that so much. Uh, we're talking about your playing career. We're talking about the camps you're doing. Um, we're Let's let's play forward a little bit. We're three years down the road. You've just thrown your last pass in arena football here in Duke City. Uh, what are you doing next? Like, what's the next step for Nate Davis? So, of course, I'll, I'll probably turn into the coaching side. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you know, in the beginning of the show, uh, my goal is to open the gym next year. Love that. Uh, so that's that's my goal in life is to train kids. Um, you know, of course, you know, coaching. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I love, you know, no, letting know, letting these kids know the knowledge that I know. And uh, of course, you know, being a step ahead of, you know, some of the kids that, that, that ain't getting the coaching. Um, and that, that's my goal. So you got some ideas in the works. You got some places in the works. Uh, if someone in the community wants to connect with you for training or maybe business opportunity or anything of any nature, what is the best avenue for friends of this show to connect with Nate Davis? So I have Instagram, I have face, I have Facebook. And I also uh, have a a professional Facebook. Yeah, uh, it's uh, NFL QB Nate Davis. That's the professional mm-hmm. uh, Facebook. Uh, my regular Facebook is just uh, Nate Davis. Yeah, and then my Instagram is QB Nate Eight. And if yeah. someone, if a friend of the show is tuned in right now, and that didn't like you're driving or whatever, connect with us at Talk ABQ. We will put you in contact with Nate for for whatever reason. I mean, he's the guy who does some things. So, Nate, thank you so very much for your time today, brother. Anything before we go? Hey, I just, of course, you know, I thank Albuquerque mm-hmm. for welcoming me in, and I appreciate it. Thank you uh, for having me on the show. Thanks, big man. Good job, everyone. GG.